Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We begin in the United States, where one of the largest labor unions has begun strike action against Detroit's big three automakers, Ford, General Motors, and the Chrysler owners, Stellantis. It's the first time they've downed tools all at the same time. The unions want a 40% wage increase over the next four years, but car makers have responded with pay offers ranging from 175 to 20%. There are warnings the strikes by the United Auto Workers, or UAW, could have a major effect on the US economy, with costs running into billions of dollars. The union is targeting just three plants to start with, but its president has warned many more union members could walk out. Michel Fleury joined striking workers in Detroit. UAW President Sean Fain arriving here at the picket line outside Ford's plant to a rock star's welcome as workers greeted his car with chants and shouts and honking horns. Mr. President! We've had very constructive conversations. We made counteroffers again tonight. It's their fault. It's a shame that they waited to the last week to start meeting with us. From day one, we've told these companies, you know, we don't expect them to delay and drag things out, and that's what they've chose to do. We didn't want to be here. We want a fair agreement. We want fair economic and social justice for our members. That's what this is all about, and it's a shame. They drug it out. They waited to the last week, so here we are. we got to do what we got to do. We're going to be out here until we get our share of economic justice, and it doesn't matter how long it takes. That's up to the companies. Here on the picket line, spirits are high. For the three car makers, though, it has been a tough period of negotiation. They say in the last few days they had increased their offer and that it was the union that was unwilling to budge. Whilst the recriminations go on, one thing is clear. This strike, even though it is limited in nature, will have a profound impact on the auto industry. Who knows where it will end? So, a huge impact on the US auto industry, but what about elsewhere? Here's our business correspondent, Katie Silver. I guess the major global ramifications need to be contextualised in the fact that the US economy, being the world's largest, then has an impact on other economies around the world. So the question is, how much is this going to impact the US economy to have those flow-on effects? There's a few areas in which we might see it impact the US economy. First and foremost, of course, is the car industry. So, of course, there has been shortages, particularly of parts after the pandemic. We talked a lot about semiconductor chips, and that's meant that the car supply generally has been lower. So they're going into this strike with a smaller supply than usual. The initial plans to target just a number of factories of these companies means that it wouldn't be a complete standstill. The question really is how it progresses, and if things ratchet up over time, the economic impact will, of course, be greater. So the initial economic impact fairly limited, about $500 million a day. That's been estimated by the Anderson Economic Group. That overall across 10 days amounts to about 0.02% of the annual output of the American economy. But as I say, obviously, if this goes on for longer and more plants are targeted, then that's going to see a bigger fallout. Katie Silver. At the end of the day, bro, I was making, the most I ever made was $10 million a year. I'd be damned if I gave a fuck what somebody had to say with me about me. 
I was still going to bed with the AC on 60 and the fan blowing in my face. <laughs> yeah, the calendar says September, but it's still summer weather in many parts of the area. And that means warehouse worker Anna Ortega is spending all day hot. She recorded this audio diary for us in San Bernardino. So I just walked out of work. I'm in my car now. My AC is on full blast. Um, my car thermometer reads 103. Yeah, it was a really hot day today, you know, um, working in the facility. I was sweating for majority of the day. Um, first but help is on the way. Both the federal and California governments are working on rules that would require Ortega's employer, Amazon, and lots of other workplaces, from restaurants to garment workshops, to keep it cooler. How much longer will Ortega be sweating it out? KCRW's Megan Jamerson picks up the story from here. At Anna Ortega's warehouse, it's both the busy season ahead of holiday shopping, and it's hot. She mentally and physically prepares for work. I was going in with, with that intention, right? Like, it's going to be hot. Do not overwork yourself. Um, and then so, yeah, like once I'm in there and I am hot and I am sweaty, I get irritated. And I'm like, you know, why can't they just lower the thermostat? Why can't they just give us more AC? Yes, her warehouse does have air conditioning. They also got ceiling fans last year. But a bunch of factors still make it hot inside, like the package receiving doors being open, the machinery inside that generates heat, and the fact that this place is enormous. Ortega and her colleagues took the inside temperature last year, and it was frequently above 90 degrees. She moves packages on a manual pallet jack for 10-hour shifts. So she wasn't surprised to find herself coming down with heat illness one day this summer. I started getting a headache. I like I felt really nauseous. And then a supervisor like ended up walking. Like she just happened to pass me. And so I told her, I was like, hey, like I think I'm gonna throw up. Um, so I'm gonna go to the restroom. And then when I went to the restroom, I threw up. And like, yeah, that's that's not, you know, the best conditions to be working in. Ortega was given a cool down break and then returned to work to finish her shift that day. According to the nonprofit Public Citizen, heat is responsible for at least 170,000 injuries like this each year. And exposure to heat can add up over time, causing organ damage. It's the leading cause of weather-related deaths in the U.S., killing at least 2,000 people per year. Every day that we fail to act is another day that someone is risking their life in their effort to provide for their family. That's California Senator Alex Padilla speaking about a bill he is co-sponsoring that would require the federal government to start regulating heat in the workplace right now. So things like requiring employers to provide better ventilation or air conditioning, cold water, and areas for cool-down breaks. Those kinds of rules get complicated fast. We only have to look to California to see how tricky it could be for the federal government to do this. I wish them well in that process. It's certainly not easy to come up with such a rule. Robert Moutry is a policy advocate for the California Chamber of Commerce. He knows heat rules are challenging because it took years for the state of California to create an outdoor heat rule. And it's currently going through the same slow process to write an indoor heat rule. Moutry says it's slow because the rule has to be reasonable for so many kinds of workers. The text, as it was first drafted, made sense for an office, but not for a restaurant kitchen. Right, which has to reach certain indoor temperatures in order to cook food safely, right? Um, or uh, another group that's come up and had concerns been hospitals. Hospital burn units have to keep temperatures 
actually quite high in some operating rooms so that the patient whose skin isn't functioning properly, right, can survive. So you really have a, a huge variety of workplaces that you're trying to put under one rule, and there's always going to be difficulty making that, that drafting work. Take, for instance, one local kitchen where a chef named Celeste suffered it out last year. Last year, I was working in a kitchen where our chefs had this crazy idea that we needed to build the fire so big and so hot and keep it so hot, like inside the kitchen was over 100 degrees. Celeste, who's using her middle name to protect her job, has been in a lot of hot kitchens in the past 10 years, from sushi to Indian food. But this was extreme. It was so hot that it burned our clothes. Like if we got too close to it, the metal rings on our shirts would burn us. We, they were like, make sure you take all your jewelry off because it will probably melt or burn. When we spoke by phone during her break at work in the San Fernando Valley, I told her about the federal bill that would require her employers to give them heat breaks and cool down kitchens. Even if that doesn't pass, state law could still protect her. California is expected to have a final vote on an indoor heat standard by May, just in time for next summer. Wow. Wow. That'd be incredible. I mean, I'm sweating right now. I'm just at work, so... Some worker advocates, like Dio Gracia Cornelio, say the issue needs to be treated like an emergency. Cornelio is the education director at the Warehouse Workers Resource Center in the Inland Empire. She says the steps to protect workers against heat illness are really simple. Airflow, cool water, and rest breaks. But she believes the state and federal government are making it too complicated. It's not a lack of technology. It's not a lack of knowledge. It's a lack of, of will of political will, and it's unjust. Meanwhile, temperatures keep rising, and the federal rule that would require a national heat standard is working its way through the House and Senate and is in committee. For KCRW, I'm Megan Jamerson. I'm standing up and I'm telling you I am Warhol. I am the number one most impactful artist of our generation. I am Shakespeare in the flesh. Walt Disney, Nike, Google, now, who's going to be the Medici family and stand up and let me create more? Or do you want to marginalize me till I'm out of my moment? Or why don't you empower yourself and don't hmm. need them and do it yourself? How, Sway? You take a few steps back to go You ain't got the answers, man. You ain't got the answers. You ain't got the answers. You ain't got the answers, Sway. Like other industries, the fashion world is being disrupted by artificial intelligence. Generative AI platforms like Midjourney or Dolly can render uncanny lifelike models with a mere text prompt, allowing brands and retailers to create images of models wearing their clothes far cheaper and faster than setting up a photo shoot. They could also expand the kind of people we see in these ads, offering more diversity in body size and backgrounds. But like anything AI, there are concerns. Here to discuss that is Catherine Zarella, the fashion director for WSJ Off-Duty. Catherine, can you start by telling us about Levi, which was one of the big brands that said it was going to use this tech? So Levi announced back in March that it was going to start experimenting with AI-generated models. And the rationale was that on their website, you can see their garments on one, maybe two models. And they wanted to personalize the experience for users so that they would be able to see clothes on models of different shapes, sizes, and races. 
When they announced this, they announced that they were partnering with a company in Amsterdam called La La Land AI. And there were some people that were very excited, but there was also a lot of backlash. A lot of people on social media and platforms like Reddit were saying, why wouldn't you just hire a model from a more diverse background or a marginalized community instead of generating one through AI? And people were concerned that it was a cop-out rather than an actual step toward diversity. Are there human models raising similar concerns to, say, actors or writers or artists about how this AI could affect their livelihoods? I spoke with Sarah Ziff, who is the founder of the Model Alliance, which advocates for models and people working in the fashion industry. And the larger concern is not that it's going to completely wipe out flesh and blood models, but that models, images and likenesses are going to either be used to A, educate the AI so that it can take elements of their aesthetic and incorporate it into the very lifelike model that it creates, then the model won't A, know this or be compensated for that. And the other concern is with things such as deep fakes, a model, you know, her image could be sold to someone and she's not aware of it. And then she could be made to do and say things that she didn't sign on for, isn't getting paid for, and also might not agree with. You mentioned the company that Levi is working with, La La Land AI. What has it said about those kinds of concerns around diversity and also about the use of models likenesses? La La Land AI was co-founded by its CEO, Michael Musandu, and he grew up in Zimbabwe and South Africa. And one of the reasons that he created this company was because he was unhappy, specifically when it comes to e-commerce and the lack of representation. He's very adamant in saying that what he does is not meant to replace flesh and blood models. It's meant to supplement what brands already have take that as you will. But what he does is he licenses or pays for the data from actual humans, models, et cetera, so that he's able to create kind of an income source for different marginalized communities. He's not the only one with a company who's building systems to create these AI models. What have others said about trying to get more diversity of models through AI technology? I spoke with Cameron Wilson, who created the company The Digitals, and the company's based in the UK. And what Cameron does is combine traditional photography with 3D generated models. So there are components of AI, but not necessarily generative AI in the creation of these models. You may have seen Shudu on Instagram. It's billed as the first ever virtual supermodel and Naomi Campbell re-Instagrammed it. And it was, you know, a big sensation. Often with Shudu for various campaigns, a different model will be hired to actually wear the clothing and it will be a model of color. And then using various tools an image will be 3D generated that combines the model that was photographed and Shudu. So you get this kind of almost CGI-like image, like something you might see in a video game. Even though I was fooled multiple times, it is hyper, hyper realistic. Another project that Cameron did with the digitals was create what, again, is billed as the first influencer with Down syndrome. And uh, through machine learning, they worked with 100 different women with Down syndrome to avoid any kind of biases. It took all of that information and then combined it to create the image of this influencer known as Cammy, who um, is now on Instagram. 
We were talking about Levi as one of the major brands who said they were going to use AI models. Are there other big companies that have gone down this road? Yes. And all the experts that I spoke with seem to believe that uh, we're going to see a lot more of it in the not too distant future. A while back, Calvin Klein, I'm sure everyone has seen the ad from a few years ago with Bella Hadid and um, Michaela, who was one of the first virtual influencers on Instagram. And she, again, is this 3D rendered or, you know, CGI influencer. So not necessarily AI generated. We also last year saw the cosmetics company NARS launch its power players, which are three, they call it digitally native ambassadors. And they're made with the help of this 3D creation. And they used Unreal Engine, which is a program that you'll see creating a lot of avatars and video games. And they wanted them to be diverse and be able to interact in places where a human influencer or model might not be able to interact. So say the metaverse or a video game. But again, it's more of the novelty there rather than them trying to replace the models that they already work with. All right, that's the fashion director of Off-Duty, Catherine Zarella. Well, we are celebrating News for Tucson's 70th anniversary all month long. And with the celebration comes anchors and reporters of the past who share memories and stories of the time they worked right here at KBOA. And that includes one sportscaster who broke down barriers in the late 70s. News for Tucson's Eric Fink has that story. With a unique style all his own, this KBOA Hall of Famer made history. But while his time in Tucson was historic, it wasn't always welcome. 56,447, and then I'll be back tomorrow to watch Tommy John against Ed Figueroa. It was 1978. The Yankees won their 22nd World Series. Terry Bradshaw led the Steelers to a Super Bowl title. And in the summer of that year, Phoenix native Ron Brooks came south to begin a tenure in Tucson television. I was told as soon as I got there, do not be bragging on Arizona State and the Sun Devils. This is wildcat country. When he started at KVOA, Ron became the first full-time black sports anchor in Arizona. And as he recalls, wildcat country was mostly supportive and accepting. But Ron remembers the few times the calls were both hurtful and crossed a line. I had a couple of times people would call up and threaten my life. Just because I was black, I had one guy called up. He says, I'm going to kill you. They used the N-word. And I said, who is this? You know, I thought it was a joke at first. And he says, no, no, I'm really going to kill you. Fearful, Ron called the police. They actually followed me home from work for about a month to make sure nobody was out stalking me or trying to kill me. And eventually he went away. And it wasn't just the cops who followed Ron home in this most stressful time. When the 10 o'clock newscast ended, a close colleague was literally right behind him. It will be well below freezing for highs a little farther south, although the western United States, for the most part, is going to be sunny. The weatherman who worked at Channel 4 at the time, who was Michael Goodrich, a very popular weatherman and a good friend of mine, he actually followed me home as well. And he was a... A pistol-packing weatherman, <laughs> and he wanted to make sure nothing happened to me. Ron Brooks left KDOA in 1982, leaving an imprint on the station and the city. But Ron says he never considered himself a trailblazer. He looks back with gratitude for the job he so enjoyed and the home he found. They said, just let your personality flow, so I did. 
and I've never looked back. At the University of Arizona Sports Hall of Fame, I'm Eric Fink, News 4 Tucson. Go back to Africa. On Tuesday, Jim Trotter, formerly of NFL Network, now with The Athletic, filed a lawsuit against the National Football League and NFL Network over his termination. Now, the frontline response by many will be, well, they simply just didn't renew his contract. He wasn't fired. We hear that all the time. Look, in an employment setting, when someone has a contract and the contract expires and the employee still wants to work there and a contract isn't tendered, it's a termination. And if you read the complaint, we've posted it at PFT, it's clear he wanted to continue and he was led to believe he was going to be offered a new contract and then all of a sudden he wasn't. And his argument, the most simple basic argument is he was, and I handled cases like this when I practiced law. I tried to vindicate the rights of employees who lost their jobs for being troublemakers. He was a troublemaker in the eyes of the NFL. They retaliated against him because he was agitating for change, for better representation of minority employees in management positions and in the newsroom. And he made the mistake of asking the emperor about it in a public setting, not once, but twice. And that's frowned upon. That's his argument. He engaged in legally protected activities by trying to advocate for underrepresentation of minorities in management positions and in the newsroom. And they use that as a factor in deciding we don't want this guy here anymore. He's not aligned with us anymore. He's not a team player. He's not one of us, one of us. That's the gist of the case, Miles. Google gobble, one of us. Yeah. And, you know, the interesting thing about this to me is you won't find anybody around the league who, you know, in our profession, what we do, that has a bad word to say about Jim Trotter and Jim Trotter's integrity. So when Jim Trotter makes accusations and puts things in a lawsuit, to me, that inherently holds water, especially when you're hearing uh, or reading, I suppose, in this case, exactly what the accusations are. And so I think that just based off of that, and kind of based off what we know about the history of some of these folks in the NFL, there are things in here that have real, real merit. And a couple of the specific allegations that have life, that, that have detail, that, that we can kind of envision it happening. There's one involving Jerry Jones prior to the Hall of Fame game in 2021. The complaint inadvertently says 2020. There was no Hall of Fame game that year, but the Cowboys-Steelers game got bumped to 2021. A conversation with Jones that started with a discussion with Will McClay, the VP of Player Personnel in Dallas, about the fact that the Cowboys don't draft many players from HCBUs. And Jim Trotter's point was, well, if you had more black executives and decision makers, maybe that would happen and got into discussion with Jerry Jones about it. And Jones, and this is, look, this is the accusation from Trotter. Jones has denied it. This will all play out in court. Jones will be questioned at length. Trotter will be questioned at length. And the transcripts will provide for some very compelling reading, I believe, especially with Jones, because I think he believes mm -hmm. he can talk his way out of anything. But the final quote attributed to Jones in this conversation that was going nowhere between Trotter and Jones. And this comes from Trotter, who was there to hear it. This isn't secondhand. This is firsthand. Jones finally said, if blacks feel some kind of way, they should buy their own teams and hire who they want to hire. If Jones said that, and Trotter is willing to put 
his name on the line and is willing to raise a hand, I assume, because this is where it's going to go. He's going to raise a hand and swear to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help him God. He's going to say that's what Jones said. And then Jones is going to get on a witness stand and say he didn't say it. And there may be some third parties that can maybe break the tie, but it's going to come down to who a jury believes. Do you believe Jerry Mm -hmm. Jones? Do you believe Jim Trotter? And, uh, you know, Miles, separate and apart from this, and I don't think the league is going to do it because they already didn't do it. What kind of investigation do they do? When does Mary Jo White show up and look Mm. into this? The problem is the NFL is going to be in hunker down and defend mode. The last thing they're going to do is invite Mary Jo White in to do a real investigation. Oh, maybe they'll have her come in and whitewash everything and say that Jim Trotter's allegations have no merit because that'll help them in the lawsuit. But as long as the lawsuit is pending, and I live this, when you allege that someone in management did something wrong, said something wrong, acted in a bad way, the company decides early on, are we supporting this person or are we done with this person? And they'll circle the wagons because that protects their pocketbook, protects the balance sheet. They'll circle the wagons around that guy. They're never going to admit to anything. So in this case, the NFL is never going to acknowledge that Jerry Jones said it or that Terry Pagula said what he said. That's a separate issue in this. So I, there's not going to be a Mary Jo White investigation. There's not going to be any real action taken. The NFL is going to hunker down and fight every step of the way because that's what they have to do to counter the Jim Trotter lawsuit because they're going to they're going to do everything they can to try to win it. Yes, of course. And I don't think it should be any surprise that, you know, 345 Park Avenue would circle the wagons here, especially when you're talking about one of the most influential owners that there are in all sport, not just, you know, in the NFL. And at the end of the day, the NFL owners employ Roger Goodell, right? And he runs 345 Park Avenue. So I think that that makes entirely good sense that they would circle the wagons. But Mike, I mean, because this is your area of expertise, what are kind of the next steps here in where this will go? Well, one thing that won't happen, which usually happens now, maybe they'll try to do it because they tried to do it with John Gruden. But I don't think they have any chance of pulling this case into arbitration, the secret rigged kangaroo court of 345 Park Avenue, where everything is hidden and it's all rigged in favor of the league. One of the things we reported in the aftermath of Trotter being let go, his contract did not contain a mandatory arbitration clause. And that's surprising to me because... For, for non-players who aren't part of a union, they jam those arbitration clauses in all the time. This is a failure of the NFL's legal department to not have an arbitration clause in every on-air employee's contract. There's no reason not to have it. No reason whatsoever. Because now Jim Trotter has a gateway to open court and everything that happens is going to be public record. It's all going to play out. And we're going to get deposition transcripts and we're going to see court filings as this goes. And it tells me they probably want to settle it. I think Mm -hmm. before you put Jerry Jones in a setting where he's questioned for 10 hours with with aggressive, pointed questions and he's the the best kind of witness if you're the one trying to get to the truth because he'll just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And it's frustrating when you're the lawyer because, you know, I got questions to get to, but I've been there. Just kind of sit back and let him go. 
because eventually mm-hmm. he's going to say something's going to help you win the case. And that's right. what happens if Jerry Jones testifies in this case. And then you got the Terry Pagula thing, which he'll testify at some point, And he allegedly made to someone else at NFL media a horribly racist remark that Jim Trotter wanted to have investigated and wanted action to be taken. And they swept it under the rug. Allegedly, that's all going to be part of this. And see, as the case goes forward, because what will happen is the NFL will, will file an answer to the complaint. They won't have a realistic shot at arbitration. Discovery begins, and that's the process where you take depositions under oath. You get documents, text messages, emails. Jim Trotter has the keys to the treasure trove, maybe of the 650,000 emails. Maybe that becomes part of this, too, that the Washington commanders are hiding. He, he mm-hmm. can be as aggressive as he wants to be, and the NFL can go to court and say he's trying to get too much, but at the end of the day, he'll get some stuff. He'll get some stuff if they don't settle the case. And so the case goes forward. The NFL will try at the appropriate time to get the case knocked out. They'll file what's called a motion for summary judgment. It'll fail, and it'll go to trial, again, barring a settlement. But it'll take three, four, five years before it's all said and done, I would assume. That's typically the amount of time a case like this would take. And uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. And, you know, maybe the NFL will try to dismiss the case right out of the gates, come up with some argument that, the case fails to state a claim on which relief can be granted because that's what defendants do just to buy time. And maybe Roger Goodell's MO here will be to just delay it until I'm no longer the commissioner in 2027. But uh, this will play out in court. We've had so many of these cases over the years, recent years, where the NFL's play, especially with Brian Flores, John Gruden, take it to arbitration, keep it hidden, keep it secret, keep it from being a PR nightmare. This could be a PR nightmare for the NFL if it plays out in court and we see what the testimony is. And if at the end of the day, there's a trial in court with Jim Trotter against the NFL, I don't think it'll come to that because rarely do these cases come to that miles, but the NFL smart play here would be to make him an offer. He won't refuse and make this case go away. And the question becomes how much will it take for Jim Trotter? Who seems to be very principled in this. How much will he say no to how much will it take before he says yeah, you know, I'll probably let this thing go because they've offered me more money than I ever thought I was going to make for the rest of my life. And I'm serious. It may take a number like yes. that to get him to let go of this. He's got a tiger by the tail, and he may decide to pull as hard as he can no matter what the tiger offers him. Well, it, we've talked about this before when other cases have come up, right? The the civil justice system at the end of the day is about the kind of relief that you can get monetarily for whatever you are bringing to the table. And so that's why settlements happen. And it's not just, oh, it's all about the money. It's about this or it's about principle or it's this, that. I mean, that is the system of relief in the civil justice course of, of, of going to a case, right? I mean, so I don't want to make it seem like, oh man, well, if he settles, then what's the principle or it's this or it's that. I mean, that is at, at the heart of the matter what things end up being. So that's why you get settlements. I mean, am I, am I off base by that? No, that, that's what happens. Look, it becomes a business transaction for the company that gets sued. For the lawyer who's representing the NFL in this, you're going to fight, 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 fight. But at some point, you got to pivot back around and say, oh, this could be a shit show if we go to trial. We're putting Jerry Jones on the witness stand, subjecting him to cross-examination in front of a jury. You know, you got to worry about him getting possibly prosecuted for perjury, depending upon some of the stuff he may say. We put him on the witness stand. Terry Pagula, we're going to put him on the witness stand. See, 
these really rich and powerful people do not like to submit to any authority other than their own. And they don't mm-hmm. like it's 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 Nathan Jessup, Jack Nicholson and a few good men, a movie that I still don't think you've seen, even though it was not a 1980s film. You have a very powerful person who does not want to submit and thinks that they can just puff their chest and everyone will stand down. And anyone who may have a fair point to make, a fair criticism to raise, will just cower in the wake of this personality that is so strong it overpowers everyone. Gee, that, we don't have any recent examples in other contexts that we could point to on that. That's the problem. And at some point, they got to go to Jim Trotter and say, what's it going to take? And yes. maybe Trotter does say, I'm not settling. This is all going to get exposed. And the jury's going to decide what my fate will be. And I hope that's what happens. It's easy for me to say it because I'm not the one who'd be walking away from whatever they may offer him at some point mm-hmm. to get him to just go away. But I've said all along, Miles, the only way the NFL's shameful history when it comes to race is going to change is if a jury comes back with a piece of paper with a number on it that is so big that it becomes a five-alarm fire at 345 Park Avenue and they realize we've been held accountable. This number that we have to come up with is unacceptable. We must change. And that's the kind of thing that gets through to the oligarchs that own the teams. The problem is, and boy, I'd love to make this closing argument. I'm sorry, NFL, but there's a lot of meat on this bone. The problem is to fully send the message when whatever that final number is gets divided 32 ways, you got to multiply that final number by 32 to really get their Mm -hmm. attention. And that's where punitive damages come into play, to send a message to get people to change behavior. So we'll see how determined Jim Trotter is. We'll see how the evidence plays out. And at the end of the day, we'll see whether or not his lawyers can convince a jury to give the NFL an 80 years overdue wake-up call. And the wake-up call, ultimately, and this is the argument I would make, you have to multiply it by 32 to get their attention. Look at the concussion settlement. When we saw that number, and it's like, holy shit, you divide it by 32, ah, that's yacht maintenance money for a couple of months. That's nothing. But Miles... It all comes down to how determined Jim Trotter is. And if he's determined, like I said, he's got that tiger by the tail. Let's see how hard he pulls. Yeah. And and you know what? I hope he does, because, I mean, especially when you look at some of these comments, I mean, the the thing that Terry Pagula is alleged to have said, where if blacks don't like it, they can go back. What the hell is that? I mean, it's Archie Bunker. It's it's I mean, it's 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 almost cartoonish. I, I mean, it's as the lawsuit says it, it's so racist that you can barely believe that anybody would say that. And you're stunned into silence. And especially when Terry Pagula's wife is also a minority. And how would you feel if somebody said that she should go back to her country? I mean, how absurd is that? It's awful. It's shameful. It's ridiculous. And we also know that this is not the first time NFL owners have been alleged to have said something racist, right? I mean, think about the inmates can't be running the asylum, right? That wasn't very long ago. You know, we also know that Jerry Jones has his own history with racism. The Washington Post documented that. So these things, I don't know, in my mind, are not out of the realm of possibility. I'll, I'll put it like that. And so I... I, I, I wish Jim Trotter luck in this. I, I do, because I, I'm interested to see where this goes. Now, the important thing is to be realistic. 
We all like you here, you know that. But you're a nigger, and a lawyer is no realistic goal for a nigger. But why Mr. Ostrowski? I guess the best grades in class. I got voted class president. I want to be a lawyer. Now, I can think of every single one of my clients that were like a black male, also a black woman. Only a year into her law career, Chloe Clay understands what it means to be a black public defender in predominantly white Washington County. To walk into a visiting cell and have someone's face light up and you haven't even said a word to them, but just because of your presence, like that's, I don't, I don't know. Like it, it makes me like almost want to cry just because it's like, that's the power of having representation, right? Interactions like these make the work worth it. But Clay says being the only black woman or black attorney is often difficult. I can like feel like I'm there. Like I go back to that moment. That moment happened last November. She tells me it wasn't even her first encounter with racism as an attorney, but the incident at the law enforcement center stuck out. I then encountered Deputy Lyle the first time. I explained to him, hey, I have a plea petition in the jail. I'm an attorney. I really need to get it. I have court at nine. I'm in a hurry. At first, she says the deputy told her he didn't have time to help her get the paperwork from the jail lobby. Then when she tried to enter the courtroom to find someone else to help, she says the same deputy stopped her. I got probably right to the metal detector and Deputy Lyle then says something to the effect of like, where are you going? And I said, I'm going in the courtroom. According to the recently filed lawsuit, the deputy didn't let her in. Instead, he demanded to see ID. Clay says she didn't have that, but offered to give him her bar number. Meanwhile, Clay says she watched the deputy let other white attorneys into the courtroom without questioning them. She says the deputy began to walk her out of the building when the court certified interpreter stopped to say hi. And Deputy Lyle goes, oh, so you know her? And she turns and goes, of course I do. This is Chloe. She's an attorney. Clay explains the situation rattled her. And after discussing it with friends and mentors, she decided to sue the county for racial discrimination. The Washington County Sheriff's Office says the deputy named in the lawsuit is still employed and not on any leave. A county spokesperson said they have a policy of not commenting on legal matters. This lawsuit is so much bigger than me, right? And if I can give anything to anyone of just like, you know, the the feeling that they belong somewhere, like I, that's really all I hope for. Now Clay explains, although she is suing the county, she still wants to work here and eventually would love to work with law enforcement and other officials to address racial bias. And while it may be uncomfortable to come to work every day after filing this lawsuit, she said she isn't backing down. David. Thank you, Alma. Appreciate your reporting tonight. Context of white supremacy. Gusty Renegade in for another broadcast, hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy. Today's date, Friday, September 15, 2023. So I have been told our weekly broadcast neutralizing workplace racism. Not for spectators if you have figured out they don't do any sort of uh, retaliation as they call it 
against you. If you speak up, there's some sort of safety issue. You know, we've been having these heat issues. We need AC. We need ice water. Ice yerba mate would be even better. No sugar. High fructose corn syrup. Uh, AC. Ice. Heat breaks. All of the above. Or whatever else, you know. Or you have to, for what racism is being practiced here. You don't have non-white employees or whatever the problem is. If you are speaking up to address justice or to point out problems, things that are happening that should not be happening or things that are not happening that should be happening, like those heat breaks. You speak up, they don't come and mess over your schedule or fire you or leave nooses all in your work area none of that if you speak up thank you for letting us know Leroy we will get right on that heat breaks for all if you figured out how to do that they don't have you out there sweltering working in 100 plus degree heat or 90s or what have you we talked about that heat impact on your brain computer before and then on your organs they talk about that too but they don't do all that warehouse driving whatever it is they respect your humanity and make sure even in extreme weather events you are safe you have everything that you need how did you do this let us know the number 605 313 the code five six four nine four three pound press star six one if you would like to participate that's an easy one right there we've been consistent hasn't changed in years even before the rona you bump into a non-white person victim of white supremacy they're talking about racism on the job if they are looking maybe for tips codified suggestions how to respond to all of that this you can just give them the number every Friday pick your time zone 8 p.m. Eastern 7 p.m. Central 6 p.m. Mountain 5 p.m. Pacific guess I could do Hawaii so Hawaii it would be uh, 2 p.m. Hawaii time Aloha. But wherever you happen to be in the known universe, bam. Tune in. You can dial in to have the free HD app where you can give us a jingle and let us know what is happening. And we'll do our best to offer some codified suggestions how to solve problems without creating new problems. You can also email untiljustice at gmail.com. Untiljustice at gmail.com not for spectators major problem Mr. Fuller has that in the word guide greatest spectators criticizing other non-white people that is spectating that's like high level highfalutin spectating at that get comfortable about all this that does not count 
no spectating, especially with regards to labor, because so many people have jobs. What is happening? How are they mistreating you and or have you figured out some ways to neutralize the racist attacks? Always beneficial, something we need to be spending more time investigating, writing about, studying about, practicing our professional writing. Very important. Now, specifically to the reports that we heard could have been lots 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 more there were so many things happening with regards to the workplace and even uh, in the background metaphor they are talking about the boosters and COVID-19 could the masks come back this autumn and all of that that is something to think about as we move into the colder seasons and you have to retreat from being outside at the beach like myself right now yeah that would be something to think about anyway Uh, The first report, hey, I said out at the beach, it was close to 80 degrees here in Seattle today. I don't know if that's a record. I'd have to check to see if that's a record high for today. But, man, the average temperature in Seattle during the summertime official, like July and August, is generally not 80 degrees. And it's nigh autumn. It was almost 80 degrees uh, in Seattle today. So, man, for the folks having all the uh, unusually warm weather in different locations and the heat continues to be a problem I say that is black self-respect the report that we heard KCRW in Southern California and they talked to a young lady working in the warehouse now that was audio so I don't know if that's a non-white person or a white person but we've talked consistently in these type of warehouse situations Uh, Amazon and some of the other folks who are big time employers or they're shipping lots of goods and mailing things out and such. Uh, You have lots of non-white people who get those jobs, uh, who are looking for employment and what have you. And it can be real even when it's average weather, 70 degrees, no rain, no hurricane, no flood warning, anything else, just a typical regular old 70 degree day. Even then, we had so many reports about how grueling this work is and it's so hard on your body. You have to climb and do all this and you're moving so fast and people falling sometimes. You got to move all this heavy equipment and hurting your back. And then you have to it's so rigorous and demanding. You don't even have time to go to the bathroom and people having to have empty uh, water bottles and such so they can take urine breaks. They can't run up and urinate from the roof. Uh, Anyway. We talked about all of this under normal circumstances, much less now it's triple digit heat. Either you don't have AC and all the rest, or you do have it, but the equipment and such inside, uh, people that are cooking and, and what have you, the equipment and such inside is so hot that, oh man, I'm working and I feel so bad. I'm about to vomit. And the most, well, I'll give you a five minute break. That's four minutes and 50 seconds now. You got any ice cubes? We don't have this. Four minutes and 30 seconds now. Let me see if I can find an ice cube. I mean, man, that is gruel. And they say damage to your organs. We already talked about you can't even think at an optimal level when your brain and your body is in that sort of high temperature environment for a long time. It is not healthy, period. Not safe period that's what I said like some of the times speaking up it's just black self-respect might even be a matter of uh, self-preservation you could die you got the end you got lots of people who have health conditions like that's really dangerous be doing all that strenuous activity in that sort of high temperature 
environment. We just had a mail uh, carrier in Texas died in June. That was I don't even think it was summer official yet, and he died on a high temperature day like that. It's black self-respect and self-preservation for yourself and other folks. So take that super serious. And again, especially for people, if you are in places where it normally would not be, you know, super hot, this is kind of an unusual thing where they've talked about climate change or however you want to label it. Speak up. You have lots of folks who have to work outside, warehouses, other environments where it could be really unsafely hot. Uh, Let's see. Also, I didn't play the report, but they also in California legislation about violence in the workplace I would definitely encourage we have uh, listeners workers in California check that out see what it says that would be important if that does uh, get passed and all man that should be reflected in the workplace maybe they should even have some sort of uh, seminar you know training to make sure that everyone is aware of their rights and you know what to do and that again is about safety so much violence in the workplace and even that temperature thing is about heading off violence because they got studies linking uh, aggression to being in these sort of high temperature environments see people get frustrated a lot more easily no kidding Uh, let's see we had the report on uh, AI being used in the fashion industry to try to combat white supremacy racism the technology I mean just Wow, in so many different ways having an impact. Uh, And I mean, some of this has been around for a while to be able to get these uh, computer generated images where you've got different types of people modeling the clothes and what have you. I'm sure white people could have done this a long time ago uh, to try and balance things out with regards to fashion. But even thinking about this in the same regards that some of the folks uh, that are on strike in Hollywood, so-called, are saying, hey, wait a minute people that do you know that are some of the background actors and such you're saying that we have to submit to having our image and likeness uh, digitized and so then our likeness is going our digital likeness will be used henceforth in all these other projects we don't get compensated and now we might have digitized ourselves out of a job you don't even hire us anymore you could just do that to have some of those same concerns in the modeling industry that's I don't even think some of I don't remember hearing about these types of concerns when people were talking about the impact of AI and technology on jobs I do not remember these being the types of jobs that people were going to be thinking about so quickly I mean this isn't even deep into all of the development and deployment of this new technology within the system of white supremacy and I mean in the early stages wow models are saying is this going to take our jobs out and under the guise of combating racism white supremacy no less so that you can have you know the the look of more non-white people modeling these clothes and what have you and even technology created by some non-white people in some cases to explicitly work against white supremacy racism if anything I would say shows how sometimes things that were intended maybe to fight against racism even those can be corrupted and used to just further instill all of this or maybe use this technology sell our products by these uh, as Fuller would say gay rich white men and then we still don't hire any black models nor do we compensate them for their likeness being used Kanye West still frustrated 
Uh, let's see. We heard <clears throat> Ron Brooks, one of the first sports broadcasters in Arizona, no less. Now, to put that in context, Mr. Brooks, privileged black male, he's going out to Arizona at a time the state or white people in the state of Arizona were proudly, staunchly opposed to even having Dr. King's holiday recognized nationally. Like, poked their chest out about this and everything. I think even uh, former Senator John McCain tried to trounce Obama back when was in that number. National holiday for this coon? Are you serious? Ugh. So to be a black man amongst the first on television, we just heard about that this week, didn't we? Suspected racist Linda Alcoff said her white grandparents, white grandfather specifically, sit around, oh my God, look at that coon on television. Ugh, ugh, ugh. Death threats and all the rest of it, you got to have the police follow you home. Your armed white co-workers follow you home just so that you can go on and call, you know, the Arizona Cardinals and Arizona Wildcats, Arizona Sun Devils from a football conference that is now defunct. Like, man, that is, man, I guess the ball games are serious and you got to be out in the desert too. Like, I am no fan of Arizona for many reasons. Uh, but shout to uh, Mr. Brooks, Arizona Sports Hall of Fame, right on. Uh, they got, uh, man, oh man, this is not in no way, shape, form uh, entertainment. Someone asked me if I was going to talk about Deion Sanders. Absolutely not. Uh, you know, good luck, Coach Prime, tomorrow. But I mean, really, uh, this is not about uh, entertainment, athletics, particularly not brain damage American tackle football that report Jim Trotter black male who is a reporter he's not a player in the NFL he is a black male reporter who workplace retaliation and speaking up trying to address justice that's why we played that report nothing to do at all really with the football aspect of it nothing and still don't want to hear about Coach Prime. But Mr. Trotter, black male, wow, I hope this goes to trial. I hope this goes to trial so that we can get the transcripts and all of the goodies. The NFL, I mean, gangsters in every sense of the word. We are in the business of violence. Man, I wish I had put the Godfather music in there because they said it. Mr. Fuller's line, they said, man, they're going to make Mr. Trotter a deal he can't refuse. Now, I don't know if that's cash dollar bills or, hey, look here, Coon, you might wake up with a horse head in your bed. Who knows? You might wake up with no head in your bed. Who knows? But we gangster. Let some sassy Coon mess up our billion dollar industry. Now, he said all this with Mr. Trotter used to be employed for the NFL as a reporter for them. Now with the athletic, probably the same thing. Cause I mean, Hey, I'm sure they do a lot of coverage of the NFL, the athletic either way, Mr. Trotter says, Hey, you know, why don't you all now? I did think it was important on that segment with Mike Florio and miles 
Simons, I think those are two white males. Uh, they said, Mr. Trotter says, hey, you know, why doesn't Mr. Jones, the Dallas Cowboys, America's team, why don't they draft players from HCBUs? Now, we all make mistakes. I do. Everybody makes errors and such. But I just thought, wow, that's interesting. You know, like I say, strive for accuracy. And maybe they're just not familiar, like Mr. Jones, that it's HBCUs, I think is how it's normally said. Anywho, he says, why don't you draft players from HBCUs? They got quality talent. Their old coach prime used to be there with his son. Why don't you, you know, look for some of the Negro talent there? Yeah, we don't know anything about that. We got it. You know, we know how to get Troy Aikman and everything. All right. This is, well, maybe if you had more Negro executives, they would know how to look. They would appreciate that. Hey, you got some really quality athletes who attend some of these black schools. Ah, ah, ah. Says, says Mr. Jones, who was just, I think it wasn't that long ago where they had the picture where he was down there for the school integration battles way back when, not that long ago, Brown v. Board of Education. He said he was just spectating, the greatest spectator. He said, I was just spectating. I'm just spectating. That's all. Greatest spectator. That's all I do. I just, I don't play. I just spectate. Anyway, he said, oh, Mr. Jones, said, look here, look, look, look. I got my team. You don't like how I run my team. You think we ought to have more niggers you want to go to the HCBUs and do get whoever you think needs to play then? Why don't you niggers pool your money together and you go get your team? I love it. I love it. Now see, that's the sort of thing Mr. Jones, he does talk radio all the time. If that's your view, because he was one of those that was outspoken, all that Colin Kaepernick and niggers need to respect the flag and all that. Hey, just make that known. I don't do the HCBUs. And if you don't like it, it's my team. You go get, you know, the niggerville coons or whatever you want to call it. And then you get all the niggers from wherever you want to do it your way. And we'll play for the Super Bowl. How about that? Just say that because that would, I hope I could be wrong. I did hear old Bron James. He heard some of Mr. Jones comments. He started painting like, dang, he doesn't really employ black people. He has never had a black male head coach. Dang, what's up, Mr. Jones? What's up with that, Mr. Jones? I'm not going to mess with the Cowboys anymore. Dang, I have the hope, the faith. We got a teaspoon of black self-respect that if enough of us start to hear that, like, man, I don't know about all this football. They got the brain damage and then all these racist white dudes and they got their plantation thing set up man I don't maybe we can find something better to do with our Sunday we don't need a Negro League for brain that we do not need a Negro League for brain we do not need a Negro League for brain damage justice that's what we need and a safe brain computer we don't need tackle football period that said that's my hope if they have a trial maybe they got video of all this everything is recorded now who knows maybe other people heard this and they yep he said it yep maybe he might even get a yes I did say what's incorrect I got my team get yours you do what you want that's America's about yeah he might get up there and say that love it 
Now, the other dude, because I had to get, you know, I had to read. There was so much detail on this one. If you had told me, who is Terry Pagula? Who is that? I would have struggled. That would have been one same way I said before Columbine. Isaiah shows. Isaiah shows. I don't know. Uh, do you know? I, I don't know. You said, who is Terry Pagula? Terry Pagula. Who is Terry Pagula? I don't I don't know who Terry Pagula is. Give me, give me a hand. Say, oh my God, gush you ignorant coon. I said, what I do? What I do? What I do? So didn't you go to Buffalo this year? I said, yep, yes I did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Didn't you spend a whole year talking about Buffalo? Say, yep, mm-hmm. Tops, yep, yes we did. Mm-hmm. Peyton Gendron, yep, yep. You don't know Terry Pagula? No. Terry Pagula owns the Buffalo Bills and the Buffalo Sabres. White man. DeMar Hamlin running around again. Thank God he didn't die on the field. One of Mr. Pagula's slaves. Mr. Pagula said, hey, you all don't like how we run things? You don't like it here? Old DeMar, Lamar, rest of y'all, you don't like it? Go back to Africa. Like, dang, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, Mr. Pagula, whoa, whoa, whoa. You sounding like Peyton Gendron, man. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I pray to God. I pray to God they have a trial. Please. Please. I pray to God because they had the audacity. They had the gall to wheel out some of the family members of the top's victims. In Buffalo Bill's paraphernalia. Not too long after that massacre. Oh, yes, it was a tragedy. Oh, yes, we are family. We're in it together. Buffalo strong. Yes, bring the family to the stadium. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. Don't be coming out. And, and, cow flipping bell. Mr. Pagula got a non white wife? Not classified as black, but still, she for sure cannot pass, be accepted as white. This is no Linda Alcoff, not even close. She came out and gave a statement after all of this, and oh my God, and we stand together at the east side, and yum, 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 and whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Presumably, any of the black people at tops the east side, if they don't like, hey, man. Why don't y'all get some HCBU athletes, man? Why don't y'all get some more black coaches, man? Why don't y'all get some... Hey, 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 hey. If you don't like it, you get your hind pots back on over there and see how... And, and, and he it wasn't just go back to Africa. It was get your hind parts back over to your continent and you see how you like it over there, which I just talked about. Don't be telling me that white people feel guilty about this because they say all the time, you should be thankful we brought you here. What do you mean complaining about your work conditions? You want to be back over there in Kenya? Ask Obama's cousins. Please, I beg, I pray let them have a trial. Let's see. Do they have recording of that one? Did other people hear that one? Was Alexa on with that? 
let them have a trial. The folks in Buffalo did get to talk about that with zeal. I love it. I love it. I love it because they are all about some Buffalo bit like, oh, it's nauseating. Man, man, I would have to think real hard about putting on a let's go Buffalo, man, go back to Africa. (laughs) I would scratch it out. (laughs) No, 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 no. We're not doing let's go. Let's go back to Africa. Love you, Damar Hamlin, but we <sighs> Buffalo indeed, indeed. Uh, incidentally, even within all of that, it is man. Even within all of that, they said I'm surprised that they didn't have an arbitration clause in Mr. Trotter's contract so that he couldn't do this. Then it would have had to go to a specified third party arbitrator and we wouldn't have all this we wouldn't have the potential for a trial a transcript a public disclosure of all that is important frequently not just folks who have these high profile flashy TV type jobs NFL and such you might have a non-disclosure or something else in your contract if a dispute arises you can't sue you can't uh, sue have to go to arbitration it's already specified who that's going to be how that's going to be done all of that is so important to review in detail way before you get started that's why I talk about reading the manual so that you can be super informed at the beginning that way you can make the best possible decisions as an employee as best that you can you know the parameters the rules and everything how things are supposed to work how things are supposed to be governed in this particular job environment so important and they even pointed that out we wouldn't be here if they had an arbitration clause in his contract and they even said I think that is a failure on the part of the NFL's attorneys and the people who are putting these contracts together because man they should have had that in there for all of their on-air personalities and folks so that this doesn't happen I suspect just I'm guessing I could be wrong billion dollar business white people are not ignorant I suspect that they will make that correction moving forward particularly because they've had two blow-ups in so sh- such close proximity this is not that far removed from the whole John Gruden situation where that was a white man who got fired because of a leak of some email comments that he made that also they said racist comments uh, about black people and all the rest of it he filed a lawsuit and they were saying the same thing if this goes to trial they might have to dump all of the emails because I said the same thing how did they leak like a teaspoon from this report enough to get just one white person fired when there was presumably hundreds of pages of documentation about all kinds of incorrect racist workplace activity amongst a wide swath of employees why not release it all which was something that they talked about in great detail in both of these instances like oh my god I hope they don't release it all how many people could get in trouble how many powerful white people could get in trouble and or ooh that sounds like something a racist would say that sounds like something a racist would write 
How many racist jokes are in this batch of emails? The John Gruden situation is still unfolding, so we'll have to see. And for sure, the Trotter situation still unfolding. We will have to see. Same thing that they said. Now, if the offer he can't refuse is X amount of dollars, who knows? I mean, these folks have billions. They could come and say, we'll give you $750 million. Who am I to say no? Hey, you can start a whole foundation. Hey, you could maybe start a whole Negro League if you wanted to. You get $750 million. We don't need that. They could say here's a billion dollars. And even what they said, you got to divide this by 32. So this is lots of exponentially wealthy white people, white males and white female owners in the NFL. And it's not just one white female owner. It's a number of them. So, hey they could say four billion dollars we're tired of all this it's bad publicity and we could pay it here's four bill do a non-disclosure agreement and even do that with the settlement so you can't even tell how much we're giving you but we'll quietly give you four billion dollars I don't think that's a boule move. I don't think that that is selling out. I don't think that that is cooning. I think $4 billion is $4 billion. Deuces. If you wanted to take it, hey, right on. You could do a lot of counter-racist work with $4 billion, white people permitting. But I hope it goes to trial. Man. And they could do it the other right as well. They could even do both lots of options NFL you got a whole team of gangsters with almost an infinite amount of finances resources and it's an army of them literally they I suspect are going to try and stretch this out as long as possible maybe we can wait until they sue Klebold the deposition is 2027 let's see if we can wait till 2037 might die from hypertension by then. We won't have to disclose anything. That is something to think about. If you are going to go uh, to a court of law to pursue justice, remedy in some sort of workplace situation, they could make it take years. That is a frequent tactic of racists in those type of situations to just delay and delay and get their attorneys to delay and delay sometimes as I said for years you have to be prepared for that in advance that I'm patient I'm willing to document everything and have it all typed up go back and refresh my memory and all of that I'm prepared to be in this for years you have to have that up front and even the settlement and I think attorneys can be good about that too if you get into that situation like hey they say you got them they don't want to go through all of this you know $200,000 is that enough to you know you can invest and compensate for whatever and blah 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 and you know all the right mean have that in mind as well Uh, let's see the oh and they they use the term again that was two white men Mike Florio Miles Sign they use the term the oligarchs suspected racists white people John Patash he wrote uh, the FBI's war against Tupac Shakur and black leaders. He uses that term as well. The oligarchs. You mean racist man, racist woman. In particular, that's what we're talking about here. Racism. That's what we were talking about. White men like Jerry Jones, 
these folk, Terry Pagula, talking about go back to Africa. Allah, what are you talking about? Racist man, racist, even if you suspected racist. Fine, but I mean, you two, Florio Simmons, you are two white men. You know, hey, this dude doesn't hire black people. This dude talking about go back to Africa. Jerry Jones allegedly saying, uh, hey, you don't like it? Get your own Negro team. Hey, we're white. All of this sounds pretty racist to us. They could just say that. Suspected racist, even if you <laughs> can't be getting in the libel in such a name, call them no problem. These type of remarks, that's the sort of thing I would expect from a racist. If they said this, wow. Racist suspects, man. People alleging that you said this, let's see, man. Not oligarchs. See, they didn't even say suspected oligarchs. How did they know that the Joneses are sitting around? Hey, hey, you don't call me no oligarch. What do you mean? I'm a team. I don't know you sitting around calling me no oligarch. I don't even know what that is. I can't even spell oligarch. What is that? Words, man. Words. Uh, and the last report, last but not least for sure, all that about football and lawsuits. Chloe Clay, black female attorney, right below me in Oregon, files a lawsuit, Washington County, Oregon, saying she went into the courthouse and the deputy tried to walk her out. Call her in Florida. I was waiting for him to say, we hit the panic button. We got a sassy nigra. She doesn't have identification. She's mouthing it. Panic button. Panic, 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 panic. I don't know if they have the the panic button in Oregon. Maybe that's just a a North Florida thing. But they sure enough got the white person. Let's let's go. Let's go. Let's go. We don't even allow black people in the state of Oregon. You're not even supposed to be here. Attorney. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Spell attorney. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Say walking her out and the stenographer. I don't. No disrespect to anyone who is a stenographer. I cannot type that fast. I do not have that skill. Transcripts are important. I just spent all that time begging and hoping that Mr. Trotter gets this to trial so that we get a transcript. We need a stenographer to get that transcript. All that said, I don't think the stenographer is that high on the hierarchy of courtroom power. Like the judge... Some of the clerks are pretty high up there. The attorneys. The stenographer is kind of... It's not quite the custodial staff, but I mean... Hmm. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, but I... Hey, the stenographer can... Buy, it didn't even seem like the stenographer did it. Just, hey, it's like, oh! You know the stenographer. Hmm. This might not be a mouthy coon after all. Hmm. <laughs> and I know just if we got any Negro stenographers here, I will give you $20 right now. But I'm very confident that the stenographer was classified as white. All it took was a one word greeting, or I guess it was a couple because she said, hi, Chloe. So two words. All it took was a two-word acknowledgement from a white person. And, whoa, maybe I've made an error here. Dang. Now, they could know you from a gym class. Maybe y'all get high together because there's a whole lot of people in Oregon that do drugs. How does he know where he knows you from? That's all it takes? 
man. I could see, she said, Chloe Clay, who is an attorney, all that education and schooling that you have to go through, and you got to pass the bar, all of that that you have to go through to get to this point. And she said, just that, she was rattled. I would be too, especially if I'm not even really grasping what this is. Like, what is going on? I'm just trying to get, what? Are you asking, like, what is going on? And I have heard this so many times, not even counting caller at the courthouse in Florida. Totally disc, uh, discard that. There are so many reports of black black judges. Cynthia McKinney, when she was a Congress six term congresswoman. Going in and oh, where's your badge? Where, I, I don't know. Wait a minute, Negro. Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't come in. And that there are so many cases of this and I mean at the courthouse specifically I don't mean just any old workplace where they have security and you have to have some sort of you know identification or badge or whatever procedure to be allowed on the premises I mean the courthouse specifically with attorneys judges people who come to this facility all the time and it's this I can even say as someone who had to do work where I was required to go to court often after a certain amount of months or a year or so, they do start to recognize you where you do not have to show your badge. They go, oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're gonna you gonna be here all day today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right on, right on. Let to see you again, guys. Right on, right. See those Cowboys this weekend? Mm-hmm. Love me some Jerry Jones. That it does get like that because they see you all the time. But apparently, if you are classified as black, my recommendation would be always have your badge and credentials. I wouldn't care if you've worked there for 20 years. I am a nigra in the system of racism, white supremacy. Now, unless they got the exact same security staff there every day, and they've been there every day for 10 years, unless it's that sort of thing, oh, no. Nah. I'm going to have my badge, everything. I'm not going to make any sort of assumption that you remember me, you know me. I don't care if we start, stopped, talked, Oh, your children, they go to the same school as mine. That's amazing. I'm going to have all my credentials ready just because I expect racism, white supremacy. Mr. Fuller said that do not ever expect courteous, courteous treatment, apparently even at the courthouse. Sad, but very, very common could have been many more reports so much happened this week with regards to racism uh just being reported in the workplace why i say so frequently pay attention to what is happening in the news with regards to labor especially in your field number again 605-313-5164 the code 564-943 Pound. Press star six one if you would like to participate. Folks who dialed in with a hand up, uh, you have commentary to share, suggestions, or your own situation. Uh, line should be open. Proceed. Let's see. Bay Area mom should be with us. Nab other hands as I see folks. Can I be heard? Yes, ma'am. Thank you for taking my call. Greetings to you all. Um, I I think I missed the clip. Uh, or one of the 
parents called, so I, I missed the clip. But um, I'd like to share my workplace racism. Um, so I, like I said, I'm at I'm at, I'm in middle school now. Um, it's a it's a lot as as I've um, been stating. I'm taking it upon myself to be more assertive when it comes to me helping the child that needs the help for me, the one that they said I work with one-on-one. Um, I'm still, of course, when there's any opening, um, b- being pulled away to um, help with other kids that are in the class, but I do report it as uh, just not in a telling format, just if I have meetings, I'll just, when you ask me questions, I'll just say, well, as I'm helping the child, sometimes I can get pulled away to go help another child or to go, for instance, yesterday I was asked to wipe down these uh, noise cancellation headphones um, because the pair, they, they didn't have any pairs in the class that day. I don't know if they do that when they know I'm in there. I don't know if they'll call the parents somewhere else or keep the parents with them because they're sharing, because they know I'm in the classroom. I don't know that yet. Um, there's a kid that um, now can't go to the restroom without supervision, and I've noticed that in every class that I'm in with this kid that I don't know, I'm the one taking them to the bathroom. So um, I said that to the uh, behavioralist, and um, she tends to be white, so she tends to cut me off a lot, especially with her speaking about the the male instructor that I talk about that's real extra. Um, He, because he's the one that wanted me to wipe down this, wipe my board. Can you wipe my board? (laughs) Thank you. Okay, and um, when you finish helping uh, the person that you're here for, can you get back there and go help Craig, Phillip, and Annalisa? Just whoever, just random names. But this is <laughs> this is what I have to endure. Um, I'm noticing that um, I'm totally being watched by the adults, um, especially with this one little kid that I came up in his IEP in elementary school. Um, the little boy asked me, uh, he said, my dad, I met his dad. I met his dad, uh, I guess it was last week, I think, or it could have been this week. Oh, it was this week. So his dad, okay, recently I met the little guy's dad. I was walking this kid, the one that I'm there for, to the bus, and there's an Asian guy who just popped out and he said, are you so-and-so? I said, yeah. So, uh, I talked to him for a minute. And then I um I I went on in my way. Uh the guy, uh the little boy was like, You met my dad? I was like, Yeah, he's 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 nice, he's cool. So the guy was just telling me that he uh you know the boy <laughs> apparently the boy would get anxiety every day. Just coming over the overpass to go to school, he would start shaking. This is what the guy's father told me. He's not it looks like, they look like they could be uh, some kind of Asian. 
perhaps. I don't know. But this this is a little boy. So um I felt bad. So today the little boy said, Can my dad have your number? I said, Sure. So you give it to your mom too. I don't care. I was like, I'll write it down for you and give it to you. So I did. So he said, Could you take my mom's number? Can you text her? And I said, You want me to text her now? He was like, Yeah, so I just text her. I text her and said, Uh um, hi. Um, I'm in class and I wanted to share my number with you. I hope it's okay. Enjoy your weekend. And then she responded back. She's picking him up because she picked him up an hour early. She said, hi, my friend. Lovely to meet you. I will talk to you more later. I'm driving. So then I guess when she got wherever she was going, um, she sent me a message and she said, thank you for sending your contact info. Much appreciated. You have such a beautiful aura about you. Um, my husband and I are so grateful for your kindness, thoughtfulness, and care for our son. He had so much anxiety the first two days of school, and when he saw you, he is a changed person. <laughs> it seems like uh, some of his anxieties went away. He comes, he comes home happy and not stressed. Can you help us coach him? to not put his hands up to, in his chest. He started doing this when he started that school, sixth grade. We told him that he's making himself a target and he is making everyone notice his disabilities. Last year, three boys cornered him in PE and they pushed him against the wall. Thank goodness it was all caught on camera. That is one of the reasons why he's not, we're okay that he does not have PE this year. Have a lovely weekend. And, um, and I just responded and she's just like, I wish there were more people like you, um, in this space. I'm speaking school. People with disabilities don't have a voice. People that don't understand them mistreat them emotionally and mentally. And, um, that's basically it. She was just saying, like, I see it here on TV about all that goes on. So we're blessed to have you and his case manager. So I just thought it was, it, it was, it was good for me because I can work with him because I'm, I'm also a life coach. So I don't even have to, a behavioral life coach at that. So I don't necessarily have to deal with the school, I could just deal with him through his parents if that were the case. And I also had classes with him. Um, I just think it's a horrible culture how they have it at in schools. And now what they're doing, because Open House was yesterday, what they're going to do is implement for PE a watch that monitors your heart rate. So if they check your watch, and see that your heart rate is low or normal, you can still go out there and run. Yeah, you get out there and keep playing. No, I just checked your watch. You're fine. So they're implementing these in the coming weeks for the children for PE, and then they're going to program it to you so no one else can use it. And I guess maybe you'll check it out like books or something, and maybe if you lose that watch, you don't get, you don't get your uh, diploma, maybe. I don't know. But... I just, I just wanted to share that. I'm just, 
I'm learning a lot. I'm trying to figure out how to deal with all this stuff. I guess I'm naturally emotional because I'm human and I do care. Um, it's just harder for me because I know these children, you know, and then to see how dramatic the change is, it kind of justifies that bell. So I remember when the bell would ring, the kids would jump to, drop to the ground in elementary school only. So now we're going to middle school and there's no, there are bells and you do comply to the bells that you don't have to drop to the ground. But with all that security there, there's like six, seven, eight security guards there or campus security, whatever they're calling them, and they're hiring more, it gives that detention feel or a detention center feel. I'm sorry. So I'm trying to connect that get on the ground when you're in elementary school to whatever this, whatever it is here in middle school, this abusive, cold, hurry up and go hurry up. And so lunch bell, the bell to go after lunch, it's not a bell. It's a choo-choo. It's a train. <laughs> it's a train sound. So maybe that's a warning for, before the bell rings. So just, it's just weird stuff that I'm noticing in these places. And thank you so much for taking my call. And uh, I heard you say something about a program or something that starts at two, another time, not my time. When you get a minute, can you go over what you said? Because I think my head, I'm going to lose it. I, I, didn't, I didn't retain what you said. And thank you so much. I'll meet my line. Much obliged, Bay Area Mom. Uh, I, I mentioned the time zones. I was saying that people can share the Neutralizing Workplace Racism program because it comes on at the same time each week. So they can share with any non-white people, victims of racism. They say, hey, I'm, I'm struggling, being mistreated on the job. They're practicing racism against me. In fact, you can always share the number 605-313-5164 and then give them the code 564-943-POUND and tell them dial in. We'll do our best. Maybe see if we can give some suggestions and uh, help them try to solve problems, uh, understand what's happening to them in the workplace. Um, and I was saying that you can just tell them what time. 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, 5 p.m. Pacific. I think the two was, I said Hawaii time. It would be 2 p.m. Hawaii time for neutralizing workplace racism. Uh, that way I can do it two times for folks to share. Um, that is wacky. The Or not wacky. That's not best word. Uh, that is chilling. <laughs> uh, the they have biometrics to gauge your heart rate for gym. These are middle schoolers, like 12. And I say, oh, no, no, we checked your heart rate. Nope, you're fine. You can get back. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I'm not, and then <laughs> I am not feeling that. At this. 
200 questions. That would be another one. How do we feel about this? Like, why do you need... Man, wow. So much with all of this technology, I would... That would be worthy of some study. Can't just go with it. Oh, great. They're going to measure your heart rate for... Oh, great. All right. Have fun, Leroy. We don't have to talk about that. <laughs> Whoa, wait a minute, Keisha. Let me let me see that watch for a minute. <laughs> Did they give you any paperwork with all this? Like what? Uh the let me see man, the she said that they can't go to the bathroom on their own. They have to have escorts and such. I mean that is kinda carceral, don't you think? Like dang. <laughs> they think what do they think? You're going to have shanks in the bathroom or trafficking in fentanyl? What? What is... We could go... I, I think they let us go to the bathroom. Like, you had to show that you were going to cut a fool. Like, you were going to go hang out for like 45 minutes in the bathroom or doing graffiti, that sort of thing, making pipe bombs. It had to be something. Can't just be, you know... No, we don't We don't lie to you. We already know. We're like, dang, really? The bathroom? Okay, uh, said, uh, we've heard this one frequently, not just from Bay Area mom, but other, uh, non-white employees in a workplace environment where you try to talk other students, other clients, you're talking about classroom information or whatever. And they just, and they interrupt and talk all over top of you. Uh, so discourteous, but that too pretty common feature of white supremacy racism uh we talked before i'm of the opinion of you know not trying to get into a contest and talking over people and all of that that also is a big one to be expected everyone that's why i said i i would not recommend trying to go and flex on phi beta kappa and you know i graduated and got all my ivy league degrees and all of that even if you do you're still a negra obama got all that and they were yelling interrupting him on live TV and shut up you liar so all of this is to be expected Uh, I think that's one composure just take some deep breaths let them say whatever they're going to say and really we can just fast forward if they have a question or what have you you know they're not obviously they're not really listening to me if it's something that's like pertinent like I got to make sure that I share this I would get that in once they're done but yeah if it's one of those where we're not I don't have pertinent information about the job that's got to be exchanged up okay yeah they're not trying got it say whatever you need to say we can wrap up the conversation and move forward no big deal very common in a work environment maintain composure don't be surprised about the interruptions we're negros uh the Oh, oh, she said, they are always watching her. That is too, but this is the land of Tupac. When he left the East Coast, all eyes on you. If you are a Negra in the workplace, that's why I said we have to be accustomed to speaking in that manner all the time. That, hey, Alexa may be on. The stenographer may be active I'm going to speak and act as though this is being recorded in some way shape form all the time because it probably is 
there are so many black people who said that's their workplace experience. Dang, I am under surveillance. Like we're watching. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Looks like she's trying to say, oh, I see her. I see her. I got her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yes, I was just going to wash my hands, but yes, <laughs> you can make sure that you inspect. I'm not stealing soap. Not trying to thief a roll of toilet paper. I'm just sanitizing my hands. That is the plantation, which is also set up to have Negroes under surveillance. Frederick Douglass talked about that in his biography, where he said that the plantation owner would jump out and surprise them from time to time because he liked it for them to have that sense of paranoia that they were always under surveillance. Uh, the, oh man, I was about to, uh, I was about to cry for a moment. I felt like we were going to have to break up the, the mood by having a good round of name calling or something where she talked about the, uh, young non-white student who's having panic attacks, stressed about going to school, which I can totally understand. She had told us that at school, you just like literally just started and she said that they had the security big and she said the security was even looking at her like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, we heard about you you better watch it mm-hmm. and then looking at the student looking at the students tough too like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not gonna tolerate no nonsense or sass from you all either students or faculty act right act right I said dang we just started can we get in the door presumed criminal we're in middle school man i'm 11 why am i presumed to be a criminal mm-hmm. we heard about you Leroy. <laughs> i'm just trying to get to sixth grade i'm just trying to hey barry that's enough of you get on beat it beat it beat it <laughs> dang dang real carceral the whole environment I could see why one might have panic attacks headed to all of this. It does not sound like a friendly, warm space where it's going to be inviting and hugs and laughs and learning and good time. Like, no, no, not at all. I might be banished to the blacktop. Who knows? (laughs) Who knows what's going to happen here? You find an oasis. One teacher who is kind, patient receptive oh I mean that is amazing like and he goes and and shares all of this and the parents want to reach out and give personal I mean dang that should be the sort of thing that that, (laughs) you're not under surveillance a faculty member of the month right like we're gonna have a banquet we got fried chicken and jello employee of the month bay area mom Woo! you have a, a extra uh, leg, dark meat, <laughs> little slave humor. Anyway, so we have faculty member of the month. Look at what she did, and we're gonna try and emulate this, man. We're gonna be empathetic with our students. We want the same sort of rapport where the parents are thankful and appreciate. Eh, eh. Don't be talking to that. Don't be talking to her. That's not your. You don't talk to Bay Area. She's. We got her under surveillance too. You don't talk to her. They were hushing the students up like, man, that that right there, in my view, that right there tells you all you need to know about public school system. 
hush her up. She's not faculty. But hush up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we got it. Don't be. You talk too much. That's your problem. Get over there and be quiet. And don't talk to the students. Yeah. Be quiet. Shh. Okay. Right. Got it. <laughs> I will be quiet. I will be quiet. Yes. Bravo, in my opinion. That is, uh, man, that, that right there is why we need more black educators. It doesn't say that every single black educator is going to have that sort of amazing impact, but I certainly think having more gives the opportunity to replicate. That's, that's what the school situation should be like their children. I mean, geez, they should, you should not be having a panic attack about going to school. That's, you know, Columbine. Come on. It should be, I am overjoyed. All of my friends, teachers, learning, they got good food. Ah, merry-go-round, good times ahead. That's what it should be. Like, what in the world? Bravo. Uh, High commendation, uh, Bay Area mom. That is uh, spectacular uh, in an environment that is way less than spectacular for, you know, all kinds of reasons. Like, wow, that is that is, I mean, she didn't say that, you know, what did you do to get the panic attacks down and develop this rapport? I, you know, got my whole medicine chest here and, you know, get that in them and get some Lunchables on them and boom. I, I don't, I don't think we heard all that. Maybe she left all that out, but I didn't hear nothing about no Adderall and Ritalin and roofies and whatever else. I didn't hear none of that. I didn't hear nothing. You know, we, we made uh, a pact if he behaves and does right you know we'll go get frosties afterwards i didn't hear that or i'll bring him a frosty i didn't hear that maybe that did happen but having some authentic concern that can go a long way wow almost made me cry have to get in some name calling to get that out of my system much obliged bay area mom uh let's see number again 605-313-5673 605-313-5164 the code 564-943-POUND press star 61 if you would like to participate get in an email email number one Speaking of the whole school situation, this is uh, our victim. He drives the school bus with all of these uh, bright, intelligent, innocent, energetic young white lads. He writes, greetings, Gus. Last Tuesday after the Memorial Day holiday, I think it was Labor Day, but whatever, the little white student boarded my school bus at the stop I picked him up at. Upon entering the bus, he greeted me by saying, What up, nigga? Did you barbecue any chicken? (laughs) Racist jokes, I told you. Now, come on. I need to know how old these little tykes are. Like, are we talking, what do you think? We talking 14, 15? I'm going to pick something under 16 because I would think they would be driving by then, right? Dylan had a car. So, what are we talking? 14, 15, 10, 9? How old do we think? That's kind of a double whammy. What up, nigger? 
How much chicken did I say? The dark meat. I just said the KFC. We got our employee of the month. KFC and the Jello. And then the little fella gets on the bus. How much chicken did you barbecue yesterday? You know you did the chicken. You got a chicken wing in your pocket right now, don't you? <laughs> on the, come on. Come on. Come on. He continues. He says, uh, I just ignored him. Back-to-back applause for two totally different reasons. Applause to Bay Area Mom. Extraordinary work working with a young victim of white supremacy panic attacks man that is amazing parents you know appreciative um the separate or next set of applause you ha- I just said that you have to expect the white supremacy racism in all forms racist man racist woman racist child beginning of the day sun not even up good you have to be prepared for this so it's not a what you called me a what oh my god oh it can't be you know that where you dissolve or what did you say whitey i will pop your nose and you don't get nap nap because they do have cameras even on the but you know all eyes are on you make sure you don't do anything to these sweet innocent pure white children so write that down they probably got the camera but you can just you know so you have the timestamp of when they can access all this on the camera and then they might say that the audio doesn't work so you need to write down exactly what was said and I'd say that sort of thing has to be reported every time because you have no idea if other people heard this and they try to say that you know you instigated this and you called him a cracker first or you were playing Al Sharpton sermons or whatever make sure that you report this and I'm going to keep reading I just ignored him and waited on the other students about five minutes later another student got him mad and he stated to the other child that he is a homicidal maniac you cannot make this up Gus totally unreal no respect future Reb and vodka there are many 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 of them now that's another reason why you have to report incidents like this first part of it that I said hey get that on record racist activity everybody says that they take racism seriously this isn't supposed to be happening racist jokes and it's the beginning of the school year nip it in the bud now two of this something like that that needs to be reported they call that leakage that should be taken seriously hey when people tell you who they are take them seriously does he have access to weapons does he have a plan do his parents have firearms did they take him out so that he gets to shoot and is comfortable with a gun has he been suspended and on and on and on that's the type of thing that they call thanks to Reb and Vodka a red flag mandatory to report because we don't know 
what else it could that's not the sort of thing that you want to be sitting back oh my god the pipe bombs and the carnage and oh man he said that on the bus he probably had pipe bombs in his backpack right there mandatory and even just for your protection with those racist comments because it's september and he gets on the bus and he says that he might it starts every day what up nigra what up coon what up spear chucker he get to the holiday how many chitlins you got fried up for the christmas <laughs> and just you know and get other people into it They're like nap 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 everybody says that you know we take racism seriously and uh, bullying right I would report that immediately. What should be done about this? Because that's the sort of thing that might even be a suspension should be, in my opinion. For the first part of it, and then major investigation, red flag. Much obliged for sharing. Sorry that you had to deal with that. I've said for some time, anybody, if you work where in your work environment you might have to deal with a racist child either you're in a school situation you're an educator of some sort or uh, or you do work with other so-called adults white and non-white but they bring their children to the workplace or whatever other clients and what have you come and they might have offspring with them from time to time you have to have a code Uh, for what to do in a work environment with racist children Uh, call her at the courthouse two times he's talked about that where white people have brought their children to the workplace and something happened Uh, there are other people where they have bring your children to work certainly if you are an educator you're going to be all around white children or non-white children you have to have a code for this because this is also very common where you have racist children that's one of the ways that they like to show off. I am coming of age into my racism. Yeah, I know you're a big nigger and I know you're supposed to be an adult, but I know you're not a man. I know you're not a woman, nigger. And they'll do something like that where they'll call you by your first name when they're in a school environment where they're supposed to, they would normally say Mr., Mrs., whatever it is, ma'am. That's normally what they would do, but you, whatever, Keisha. Mm-hmm, Jamal, yeah, you don't tell me what that sort of, or just get right, what up, Nigra? That sort of, it's very, very common. We, in fact, we've had white guests come on this very broadcast and talk about engaging in this exact sort of behavior. as a racist child and they did it as an act of racism against a quote-unquote negro adult any hoodles uh much obliged for the email make sure you document and report because that's the sort of thing they could at least at minimum that should be a suspension from riding the bus for a few days they call that real world consequences inconvenience that person's racist parents because where would they get racist jokes like that from lots of white sources but I mean really I'm going to say the parents might be a good start and the homicidal maniac part but inconveniences parents they should be around their little tyke and yeah have them drive him to school you don't need to be on the bus if that's the way that you're going to behave you can't even be appreciative of your hard working underpaid negro bus driver 
and then you got to be terrorizing other students on the bus too, well, you shouldn't have your privileges for a couple of days. Let your parents waste some of their gas. Maybe they can help get your behavior curtailed. Then see if you can ride the bus in a respectable, courteous manner. Sans racism. Number again, 605-313-5164. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Did you all see the uh, or hear that segment with Chloe Clay? That's the black female attorney in Oregon, where she said she goes in to see her clients in greater confinement. It's black males. She didn't say non-white people. She didn't say black and brown people. She didn't say POC. She didn't say BIPOC. I hate that one, especially the black indigenous people of color. Are you serious? BIPOC? Are you talking about an alien? What is that? She didn't say all that, incidentally. She said black dudes locked up in Oregon. Privileged black dudes. And she tries to go see the privileged black dudes. And they're like, ah, 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 ah. Get on out of here. We know you don't belong. Attorney. Okay. Uh, let's see. Retired firefighter in Florida should be with us as well. Uh, Jeff, commentary to share. Yes. Can you hear me, Gus? Yes, sir. Uh, the first thing I need to start off with is is to ask your permission to give this report uh, because, uh, number one, uh, the overall atmosphere of this employment uh report is uh a head football coach uh although it has nothing to do with football uh and the second thing is i know on the cows uh you have you have had a long standing rule on on sex it is the report is orientated on something called sexual harassment so i have to ask your permission uh to go any further Wow, sexual harassment. Hmm, someone got in trouble. This is a, a pretty common one. I guess the only one I said was uh, uh, Deion Sanders. So I guess as long as it's not Deion Sanders, that was the only real uh, oh, no, prohibition. If not Deion Sanders, <laughs> no. Uh, I, I, was, I would just, uh, I was about to re-read it, but uh, I, I'll just try to uh, uh use my uh, memory to uh, give a a decent report. Uh, The head football coach of Michigan State University, Mr. Mel Tucker, uh, is being accused of sexually harassing, and this is a term that I've never heard before, uh, a part of it anyway, a prominent, uh, she described as a prominent rape survivor. Uh, white female appears to be <laughs> that, that, that last program <laughs> really has got me a little bit confused. <laughs> but anyway, she appears to be a white female. Brenda Tracy is her name, uh, is accusing, uh, Mr. Tucker with a sexual harassment, 
which is anything with a sexual content in the workplace, as you know, and most of the people who are listening to this program, it's a no-no. Uh, you don't go to your job even to look for a quote-unquote husband or a wife or, or a sexual partner, uh, let alone talking about something that that deep. Uh, Mr. Tucker happens to be one of the most highest paid college coaches, not just football. One of, he's one of the most highest paid college coaches in this part of the world. Uh, and he, he has been suspended without pay, which is a very serious offense when it comes to law in under the people activity of employment. Uh, because according to, well, this white female uh, was hired by uh, the recommendation of Mr. Tucker in Michigan State University to talk to the uh, quote-unquote student athletes about, about uh, sex, you know, as far as rape is concerned or that sort of thing. I've actually sat in at Florida A&M University uh, in one of these similar uh, programs was presented through the head coach to the players. Uh, uh, but the, the person who was doing it was not a female. It, it was actually a, a uh, young fellow that I coached that, that was uh, one of the law enforcement officers at that university. Uh, so it's something that is, is, uh, quite known up on the college level as far as having these type of lectures with, uh, with, uh, student athletes, primarily male student athletes. Uh, and, uh, apparently this white female worked in unison with Mr. Tucker, uh, had been for a considerable amount of time. Uh, and, uh, ultimately, <laughs> Uh, his uh, problem occurred, according to the article, as on a phone call, on a phone call where she says was she did not uh, go in on it as far as uh, agree to it, uh, that uh, he uh, basically had some kind of sexual uh conversation with her while he was masturbating. Uh, Mr. Tucker states that uh, it was consensual. He, he didn't deny about the, the, the masturbation, but uh, uh, he said it was consensual. Uh, you know, so, but I, I, I seriously think it's not going to Whatever is aside, it's not going to be good, and it's not going to go in his favor uh, at all uh, with this white woman uh, accused him of. And uh, unfortunately, uh, Mr. Tucker, uh, he is married to a black female, and he has two sons. And uh, that's the report that I have. Thanks for everybody for listening. Thank you for the permission. 
big mm. trouble. Much obliged, uh, retired firefighter in Florida. Um, very common uh, for lots of people to end up with all kinds uh, of trouble because of in appropriate or unprofessional conduct or even allegations of such in the workplace uh, can't stress enough uh, same thing retired firefighter uh, just shared uh, in terms of in the work environment that is not really the place you didn't take that job or at least most of us uh, and I mean regardless of where you work brothel bar college college coach uh, the bank uh, I don't think most people, when they fill out that application or what have you, I don't think most people are doing so. I'm really doing this to get a husband. It may sound like I'm, you know, signing up to just work the cashier or be the CEO or the vice president or whatever, the stenographer, but I'm really doing this. I'm trying to get me a wife here. That is not, or a side piece. I mean, really, really. So many folks have had all kinds of just unnecessary, embarrassing problems. The great Kobe Bryant, Bill Clinton. I mean, really uh, money, time, energy. Sometimes you might have to get fired like, oh, my God, uh, Jeffrey Tubin just goes on and on and on and on in the workplace. I don't care who in particular, like, you hire someone, I actually had read about that, you hire someone who's supposed to be talking about, like, that is for sure not the person you want to be flirting with, white, non-white, whatever, like, I don't care, that could be the most attractive person that you have ever seen, physically, spiritually, intellectually, just everything, they're codified, uh, got an autographed copy of Mr. Fuller's code book. I mean, everything. I don't care. Like, this, no way, which is really for everybody in the workplace. We've talked about this before. Uh, even if everything works out great, we've had that too. Uh, where the sabotage, you're not by yourself in that work environment, and particularly in this sort of thing, you are married and you are doing all of this with a white woman. Man, just other people seeing that might be upset, angry, sabotage. Wait till I find, you know, text his wife or email her or have coffee with her or whatever. Matter of fact, we've had people, <clears throat> victims where they ended up marrying their partner that they did work with. But they talked about all of the challenges where they would have co-workers lying on them and saying that uh, they were cheating or engaged in some sort of uh, nefarious infidelity or what have you when that wasn't even the case so oh my gosh I did, uh, man have control of it we talked about this with brother polite man Like, <laughs> make it clear what are you here for? If you really got to do all of that, there are so many people on the planet. If he had been doing this with someone who was not affiliated directly, indirectly with Michigan State, not that that would have been better, 
but at minimum maybe could have avoided all of this maybe that could have just been a you know private thing with he and his wife if it even ever you know got reported you know or what have you probably wouldn't be because I mean hey it wouldn't be a, a workplace harassment you know charge or what have you it wouldn't be I mean it's very likely that we might not be hearing about this at all not that that would you know excuse the behavior or whatever the case but I mean man that should be tell everybody like you we are not here to be flirting I even say that like no oh wow you know Kim you look so cute today no compliments to co-workers we're not even starting down that road not you got a nice haircut dress looks nice that suit is sharp none of that if it's going to be compliments it is about your workplace performance not your costume or physique anything else that's not why we're here that not even sending the correct message about focus and then that's another one depending on who hears it and if it gets misinterpreted and all of that just come on let's be let's be professional and I would say particularly for a black male like you have got to be out of your mind I think it was a caller at the courthouse in Florida had said at one point I think it was a black co-worker was in the hallway and put his arm affectionately on the back not uh, rear end but just the back of like in between the shoulder blades of a white woman co-worker and even that sort of thing you have no idea who could be watching that what what is he doing oh my god <laughs> they might report this to HR or anything like just me too and all the rest of it white supremacy racism particularly if you are a black male you do not want to take any unnecessary risks like that um <laughs> he admitted you know that this was happening like man like are they gonna have video of this and a camera like just come on man come on man like this has happened way too many times uh, where people have had whole careers and things ruined uh, just being reckless with area 8 have some discipline have some control uh, at minimum have some discretion about all of this we are not we are not on the job on the prowl come on come on that that is a tiny part of the NFL uh, conundrum where they were saying some of these emails were them mm, look at that one and mm, talking about the cheerleaders and all that like come on in the workplace Any hoodles, uh, much obliged, retired firefighter, man, suspended with no pay while they investigate in all of this. Like, man, you go from being one of commanding one of the highest salaries to zero. That would be another painful reminder. Uh, Mr. Fuller and others say, hey, you get your non-white person and you maybe you get racially showcased or you hey just by your ability and hard work competence you get a great paying job super high salary one of the highest salaries do not be thinking in your brain computer that this is going to be for the rest of your life 
next 50 years. Don't think that way. Saving away, squirreling away. I'm not out here just spin, 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 spin like this is going to be an endless high source of revenue for me forever. No, we're still in a system of white supremacy, racism and race soldiers can take it all back. Lots of evidence of that, too. So I'm not out here just spin, 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 saving my money. They could take all of this away. Anywho, we will uh, wish for the best. I see, I guess, see how all of that gets uh, exonerated. No hanky panky on the job. Very important. Tell your children that one early on. That would help greatly uh, just in the way that we think in terms of going to the job and what we're there for. You're not there to make friends. You're there to make networks. Now, that can be great, especially if you're looking to be an entrepreneur and all of that. Networks help your career and development and all of that. Awesome. But a partner? Come on. Come on. Come on. Uh, Let's see. Email number two. Uh, greetings, Mr. Gus. I thought it was interesting. They used a dog to get escaped prisoner Cal Vacante to surrender after his two week escape ended. I'm a mailman. One of the jobs you said AI could replace. I agree. They are using the technology presently to track our movements and downtime. We started clocking in using our scanners that we use to scan packages and barcodes instead of an actual time clock like most jobs were previously using. As a mailman, mostly white pet owners expect you to be friendly with their pets no matter what. I do not like animals at all. (laughs) Me too. I have had a white woman bring her dog up to me and tell me to let the dog sniff me because it doesn't know me. I've seen that too. Uh, we, t- we are told by management not to feed dogs due to the high risk of being attacked, but carriers, mostly senior carriers, carry dog biscuits and leave them in mailboxes or actually feed dogs on their routes. If you are a carrier who doesn't do this, when you have to carry on other routes where the carrier does give treats, the people expect you to do the same. When you don't, they comment things like, he does like you talking to the dog mm, mm, mm. <laughs> I don't even know what to say on that one like man we we have had a lot of folks who do you know DoorDash and Uber uh, delivery for food and whatever else where they're having to go to people's property and their canines being a part of the terrorism and if they're going to have them leashed and them slobbing all over you and all the rest of it I mean Eh, man, Uh, the scanning in part of it, I'd said that before, that also being a part of the technology where, I mean, he said they used the same scanner that they use for the packages. I wouldn't have been surprised if they said they had an eye scanner at this point because it's the post office and they talk about people going postal and all the rest of it. So they might want security for who can access the facility. So it really wouldn't surprise me if the United States Postal Service had some sort of biometric scan where it's just, yeah, you do a fingerprint, a thumb scan or a retina scan or both or facial recognition, you know, and oh, yeah, we got we got you, Willie. Come on in. That type of a thing. And that that might be coming sooner than we think. New times. 
uh, let's see the and, and even the replacement that also that you know could all just be a prelude I for sure think I think I'd said 2035 or they said excuse me they said by 2035 that these type of jobs could be totally replaced yep if they got the scanner to get you checked in and all the rest of it I could easily see give them 10 years of advancements and developments and all the rest of it because I mean really at this point all that would be is get how many ever parcels into the truck they already got the autonomous vehicles and what have you so then it would just be having some sort of mechanism get the specific mail scan barcode whatever and then put that in the box how difficult would that that's another one I think it would just be uh, pricing to bring the price point down to make it feasible that that would be cheaper or equivalent to having Leroy out doing the routes and then you never have to worry about a dog biting a mail carrier again I give him 10 years maybe less uh, let's see is anything else yeah I wouldn't want to be friendly with it I mean hey that is a profession good riddance who wants to do all that have to be out there in all that heat rain snow all the rest of it let the bot do that Jesus Lord racist homeowners and such you gotta hope they don't shoot you for stepping foot on their property good riddance to that one uh, email again until justice at gmail.com the number 605-313-5164 the code 564-943-POUND press star 61 if you would like to participate other folks, if you have uh, commentary, star six one, we'll get our calls. Uh, we'll get our other emails in as well. Uh, I will uh, just share quickly. There were many, many reports for workplace racism uh, this week, like most weeks. Can't share everything, certainly. Uh, folks in the New York area, uh, I guess there's some sort of uh, food outlet where they make salads, prepackaged uh, salads and such, uh, sweet green. This was widely reported. Uh, they're being sued by workers alleging racial discrimination, white supremacy, racism, including regular use of the N-word and sexual harassment. Uh, I won't read the full report. Just give a teaspoon. Ten former and current Sweet Green employees are suing the salad chain, saying they experienced racial discrimination and sexual harassment. The lawsuit, which was originally filed in March by two plaintiffs, was amended Thursday to include ten plaintiffs filed in the New York Supreme Court in the Bronx it names two general managers referred to as head coaches as defendants in addition to the company the suit alleges that the plaintiffs were subjected to racial slurs and experienced inferior treatment based on race by managers and co-workers at seven different New York City locations the plaintiffs who are all self-identified as African-American said black employees were called lazy and passed over for promotions with managers saying Hispanic people work harder than black people they added that they were frequently referred to as the n-word and monkeys by co-workers and managers who faced no repercussions the plaintiffs also accused the managers of sexually harassing female employees and making graphic comments about women's bodies including customers 
and having sex with black women. Cow bell. E, Mr. Fuller did too. E, Mr. Fuller talked about this exactly as have many others, but he said this is where a whole lot of the Area 8 happens on the job. And he's, this is not new. This is all the way black to, uh, back to the plantation where it just switched over to becoming, well, now we can't rape you at will on the plantation. So now it'll be, hey, you want this job? Well, I got to be able to rape you at will. And he said also a lot of it is the grabbing and groping and all that sort of stuff as well. But that's, you know, same thing. That that long, and he said this was something that he watched help his understanding of all of this. He watched on his job that this was happening. And it's documented, talked about all of that. Well, and he said, in fact, uh, poorly kept secret amongst Negroes where you knew got that job and probably even for many black males rethinking Rufus delectable Negro but long running aspect of white supremacy racism I saw this widely talked about I didn't see the sexual component they just talked about the n-word and monkey and all the rest of it that is another one make sure that you you know discuss in advance especially with your children male and female that is very common being asked to perform uh, sexual favors for quality treatment shifts compensation uh, consideration for a promotion that sort of thing talk to your offspring in advance about all of this black self-respect do not engage in any of this you don't want to be the one you did X, Y, and Z. As they said, oh, well, you know, you got to do this if you want the promotion. And then they give the promotion to white dad and giggle about you. You don't want that to be you. They pull that on us a number of times, too. Black self-respect. I'm the most qualified person here. You got all this nepotism and cronyism. Hide your illiterate cousins. Come on. The rest of it important as well. All of the nigra monkey black get back all of that important document document date time names and even they said that all of this started with two people who had the suit it got amended 10 more folks or 10 people total now we talked about that too trying to make these class action suits if things if what typically happens where you have lots of non-white people being mistreated in a similar manner at a particular job if you can get all of them with their documentation and notes that can make your case much stronger moving forward now you do have to be organized and all of that to kind of get you know as they say the metaphor your ducks in a row to all be organized about how you want to proceed and all the rest of it but man that can be a very powerful thing having all of these folks alleging this is a constitutional violation denial of due process or equal treatment under the law and then the documentation of how this is happening yee yee it's a little different as opposed to just having one Leroy say they're saying black people are lazy when you got 10 people saying on March 12th 2.53pm Pacific Daylight Savings Time John Reynolds said that we were lazy and uncouth an exact quote now that's a little different 
especially you start piling up a half dozen or a dozen people's like ye <laughs> document and I don't know I've never heard of this company I'm not in New York City often uh, if you are there maybe I don't know if this impacts do you still get sweet green salads maybe not if that's man they're raping black females on the job and all of this maybe I don't get sweet green salads anymore just saying uh, let's see uh, folks have uh, we'll give folks let's see another two minutes if they have thoughts observations to share not making space for spectating uh, if they have comments observations with regards to the workplace I'll get in another email while folks are getting their thoughts together email number three uh, dear Mr. Renegade callers, listeners, I was wondering if anyone had any codification suggestions for supervising white women. Recently, the white leaders at the company I work for granted my request to hire an individual to assist me in my job. The individual that I was allowed to hire was a white woman. This is my first experience directly managing anyone. Hmm. The white woman starts working under my direction in approximately a month, and I just want to be prepared for this challenge. Excellent question. Now, I think we have talked about this before. It may have been a little bit more general with regards to uh, white people in general. I think one thing that I just said in terms of documentation, documentation, like, oh, my God, like <laughs> expecting the racism expecting sabotage this I would be oh my gosh everything would be written down even if we do have a verbal exchange email to confirm and restate what was said and or any expectations that were exchanged verbally this is a white woman so uh, there could be allegations of you being uh, an ogre, a brute, a rapist. Uh, might have to judge how you conduct business in terms of, I would definitely not want to be in a closed room. So she's, I don't know if you have an office or what the work environment, how it's set up, but I would not want to be in an office with a closed door with her. Uh, even if we're going to go and have a conversation door has to be open and we might even have to have another person there uh, just for you know your own protection that's one, a suggestion that we've given out pretty frequently uh, with folks who work with a white woman either way you, uh, whether you're supervising or not um, being explicit about expectations having things written I think Allison Manswell talked about tone and standing. Uh, she said that for black males privileged, that it can be especially challenging talking to white people in a work environment, especially if you're taller, uh, where you are standing and they'll say, oh, my God, the raping nigger is coming to attack. So it might be better uh, to make sure if, you know, you're all going to chat to make sure that you sit everybody's standing and then don't get too close so that you can't be accused of you know coming to intimidate and dominate her with your dark negro raping tendencies um those are some of the things that i can think of uh off top and then 
Those those are some of the things I can think of off top. Any any other folks? I might even have to look back because I feel like uh, my recollection is that we've uh, talked about this before and some folks might even have some specific tips that they have given to try to be helpful uh, or to try to avoid potential problems uh, when you are supervising, in quotes, a white person, male or female, the sabotage so so common be be on alert for that can come up in a variety of ways. Most often them, you know, suggesting that you haven't been clear uh, with expectations or them coming up with really lame excuses for why they're not able to complete things or do what you asked in a timely, competent manner. Uh, Let's see. Any of the folks listening in any suggestions for supervising a white woman specifically? Anyone, any history of that? Any tips you think would be helpful for that sort of situation? Let's see. Maybe they don't know. Don't know. Maybe we don't have too many folks who've been allowed to supervise a white woman, which would not exactly surprise me either. I'm saying. Keep a log. I mean, record everything. I mean, and writing is what I'm saying. Got that. Got that. Documentation. Documentation. Date. Time. That's why I said even if you because it's common workplace, right, where you are in the hallway or, you know, wherever and you go over, okay, this boom, 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 go over details. They're going to do this, 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 the assignment when it's due or whatever specifics I would follow up with an email and it would just bullet point exactly what you said per our conversation. Date time. Boom, 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 boom. Just so there can be none of that. Well, oh, I don't remember. Is that what you said? And that really minimized the opportunity where they can do that in a logical manner where 99.9% of the time there is written unambiguous documentation about what was expected. This is what it is. You got it. You had all the details. There's no excuse. And if you didn't understand what was written, you should have spoke up and said something early. Uh, if any other folks tips, you can let us know, drop an email, all that good stuff. And, uh, we'll share. Let's see. Uh, folks will say, uh, last two, if they have, uh, comments, thoughts to share observations for the workplace, six Oh five, three, one, three, five, one, six, four, the code five, six, four, nine, four, three pound press star six, one, if you would like to participate, the email until justice at gmail.com. We have any folks out there. Definitely do not be a spectator. If you have any history supervising white people, white women specifically, at least drop an email. Let us know. You hear the archive. You can take five minutes. I don't think that's asking too much. I think most of us on the plantation, regardless of how much abuse we have suffered, we can get it together for five minutes and send an email. If you have, you know, three sentences worth of suggestion for supervising a white woman, or you can dial us next week and let us know. Uh, Let's see. Caller at the courthouse in Florida should be with us as well. Uh, If you had commentary, proceed. Yes, sir. May I be heard? Yes, sir. 
Yes, sir. Thank you very much, sir. Greetings to Gus, the host, the listeners and callers. Uh, I'd like to share some updates from the workplace. Uh, There was an email that went out today where I think it's the same white woman who, I guess, made a report about her and another female staff member being followed, so-called followed, to a coffee shop or something like that. And whoever this person is followed them into the coffee shop. And it really wasn't any other thing said after that and said the employees uh, called court security staff and she put in a reminder that they can call the court security and gave the phone number, but it just seemed like it was so vague. Um, And I think racism was involved in that email. It was sent out today. Um, There was also some issues where this, well, not new white woman, but a white woman that is a part of the uh, racist clique got promoted from coordinator to being offered offered the supervisor position in under two years. And the manager now, I don't know if I shared this, but she solicited people. I know she put my name in there to, to ask if we could donate PTO time or something like that. Cause you know, she was out sick on a miscarriage or whatever it was. It was a couple of years ago, but just total like nepotism, um, white woman resonance and just, just practicing racism in that regard. So this white woman, and I've shared that she, she's been around for seven years, seven, eight. And the, the black female that's been there for 19 years totally just was just ignored. That wasn't even considered for the position. And so you got white women now starting to say that this person is rude and discourteous and there's going to be so-called hell whenever the current white woman supervisor leaves. But... I just see that the person has still been the same person, the white woman. Um, so i just been observing and taking notes on uh, how this person is interacting with the other staff. Our next one is this white woman, another white woman. I think been there for 37 years. So she came back again. Once again, from the, uh, the Curtis Powell's 1980s, 1984, 1986, around that time period. So she's been there. She's been having this thing with this fragrance issue. So she's conniving and being very uh, methodical with trying to find a way of 
um, hugging on other female staff and making these comments about her being approached and having to talk to her supervisor, uh, you know, responding to her supervisor asking her about, is it, are you wearing some kind of fragrance? And she said that she was, she was over on the other side of the building in the segregated area. And she didn't name the person she was talking about. and said that she had this smell. It just had a strong smell and it carried from that side of the building over to the civil area. So basically lying because she wears uh, very potent smelling fragrances, whether it's perfume, lotion, or whatever. And so, and I see, like, I'm walking in the hallway before I get to the break room, and I can smell it, okay, before I get into the break room. So she put that lie on a black female because she'll go over there and try to hug on her. And I, I don't think she's seen through her deception. So she's saying that this black person is the cause of it. So you, if you're going to send me home, you need to send her home too. So that's that's the racism that I think is coming from her. And she goes into talking about another black female having a certain style of uh, jeans or denim with, uh, I guess, like a rip or rip design in the, the jeans and saying that... Um, now, this is her talking to another white woman, okay? And she says that she asked her about it. And she was giving her a compliment on it. But see, she had been deceptive again because she's really trying to gather data about her or her just having these kinds of jeans on because of the dress code. So the white woman says, well, are you going to say anything about it? Oh, no, I'll bring it up if they come at me about it. So she's planning on doing this and saying something about another black person because she's violated dress code and she act with all of that entitlement. So, you know, you already got these black people that's in ranking or in position over me. So she want to point out some more black people, but it's white people constantly breaking the dress code. But I wanted to share that. Uh, and I, I had uh, one more I like to share. Um, there was an issue that came up about charging printouts for passport applications. Uh black female was on the phone with one of the white female supervisors and she was having a misunderstanding about whether we are charging for these, uh, these printouts or not. So she said she wasn't aware of this. Nobody communicated this to her. And it just aligned with what I was saying that they segregate us. Okay. Not just, um, where we work at, just period. Like, they don't inform us about certain things. And I think that was another example of that because she stopped her in front of everybody like, hey, um, and it was courteous. Like, do you, are we supposed to be charging for these documents or these printouts? And she says, yeah, you know, we've been doing this for 
we've been doing this since the beginning of the year, whenever the time period. Well, do you have any documentation or anything to, to substantiate this? Can you show me? And she starts walking away, and she asks the rest of us, well, did you all know this as well? I said, I didn't know this at all. And then so she's going to get uh, nasty and say, snarky and say, oh, well, at least, at least you're consistent. So that was totally an insult to be expected. Um, but I've just been just silent and observing how they're interacting with each other and they're, uh, they are um, excluding the black female even more. Okay, darker complexion, and then when when I look at, I want to add this too. The front counter, they already transferred another dark skinned person, and this other person, who she's non-white, lighter complexion, and she's happy about losing the weight and everything, and she walks by and says to this white woman that. Oh, when I lose about 15 more pounds, I'm going to dye my hair blonde, right? I'm going to dye my hair blonde when I lose more weight. So, you know, I thought about that. And when you look at the front counter, everyone's white pretty much. So, um, and the three black people on the other side. So I just wanted to share that. And that's all I have for now. Thanks for allowing me to speak. Much obliged, uh, caller at the courthouse. The um, the staff that got followed to the coffee shop were they white ladies or non-white? Thanks for that question because see, they they did not reveal that. I, I just included that from the way that I read the email. It sounded like it was that same white woman that's in the. Uh, the area for probates and wills and stuff like that. She made a, um, a a report about that, about the guy riding the bike, things like that. And she tends to make reports about things that are happening around the courthouse area because we're next to City Hall and the tax collector and the plaza. So it tend to be different kinds of people around that area. So I'm thinking it's that same white woman. Right on, right on. I guess. I guess it could be. I don't know. She could be. Uh, could have been followed. It could have been something unsafe. I guess maybe people should be uh, aware of. Has been criminal activity. I reckon. Um, I don't know. Seems like we've had some folks there make some questionable uh, white people there make some questionable allegations as well. So I don't know. Um, even our present caller has said he had some questionable interactions, uh, safety concerns trying to get to and from the court facility. Um, I don't know. We'll have to go back even that to see what type of response they gave about his value and safety and what to do and all the, I think they even asked him to walk a, a client out one time when she white staff member out when she had said hey they're looters and I could be you know mugged or beaten like come on come on <laughs> I 
I could be mugged or beaten too. You all don't care about me. I could be shanked here in the courtroom and you don't care. Let's see. The He got the Newton. Now see what I just said? The uh oh wait a minute. Doot doot doot. The new white woman got promoted after two years. She was lower level and then now she's supervisor. That sort of thing is so common uh, with individuals classified as white. Uh, I talked about all the cronyism, nepotism. You don't necessarily have to be qualified and you just light speed right on and he he mentioned black female been there for 20 years basically I don't ever ever remember him telling us like he did with that white dude that they said was like me like man Fred is he doesn't know how to talk to people and he is unprofessional he still gets to hang out they put his name up for promotions and you know new positions supervisory uh, openings and such Fred will give him a chance thought you said he was unprofessional and doesn't know how to learn they get fretted I like Fred she's been there for 19 years nobody said she was unprofessional and uncouth nobody said that 19 years and I can't get you at least put me in the click right after 19 years Mm. Mm. (laughs) dang dang the uh, and they said she's rude the white woman who uh, skyrocketed she didn't go up the ladder she got like the the express elevator to you bang supervisor they said she's rude and discourteous like come on if it's gonna be like nepotism what reason do you have to be rude and discourteous you should be like the happiest chipperest person here like I got it every Friday I'm hooking everybody up like man this is the easiest gig in the world. What y'all want? Egg McMuffin? Donuts? Coffee? I got you. Don't even bagels? I get don't even worry about it. I got it. Love my team. Love my peoples. This is the best job ever. I'm never leaving. That should be your attitude. Why are you rude and nasty? The young lady victim that's been there for nineteen years, and she should be rude and nasty. I got a reason to be rude and nasty. Let's see. The they said they're they're charging or not charging. I get or excuse me, they are charging. That's it. They changed now. They are charging for the printouts. Now, in my view, at minimum, just in terms of professionalism, everybody who works who you know might at some point be working at the window, whatever it is, and you might be the one that they have to come and do the printing you should know the fee changed now it's going to be you know two dollars or maybe we didn't charge it or whatever whatever the change is everybody should hey some places they make it idiot proof instead or they will send out an email to everybody then just in case you know some people not everybody reads the email we got these old illiterate negro employees we put a big sign up maybe even next to the printer or even on it attention as of you know 
February 20, 2023, or whatever. Uh, the new fee schedule is da 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 da. They do that. They have those old goofy meetings where they come in. Oh, it's beautiful. We're back together. We're not segregated anymore. And they look at him. They could have said it. they like, hey, uh, we got a new fee schedule. The copies are now whatever, $5 or whatever. Lots of ways. It seemed like it's been months. It didn't seem like this has been, oh, yeah, we just did this last week. It seemed like, oh, yeah, dumb coon. We've been doing this in January. <laughs> like, dang. <laughs> We've been way it's almost 2024. Like, what do you mean you've been doing this in January? <laughs> like, what? What? When did you get an email or what? What? <laughs> Start going around. Did you know? No. I, dang. What? You get to. See, well, at least you're consistent. That right there. One second. What? What's that? No, I'm sorry about that. I just said racist. <laughs> it, for sure. For sure. But it's the same thing. Why are you being snarky in this situation? Nobody called you names. Nobody blamed you personally for us not having the information. We're just, whoa, like, what's going on? I didn't even know this. Like, dang, we're so behind. What are they sitting in the dark? And she's going to get an attitude like, dang, well, yes, we are consistently in the dark. Why is that? Come on, man. Like, we're supposed to be on the same team. That's what they say, man. We're all working together, working together for justice, I thought, at the courthouse. Not only do you have all this concealing information and we don't share and the niggers don't know, then you get an attitude about it. No prop. Keep my mouth shut. Mm-hmm. Write that down. Got it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say, too, in a work environment, I think it's so important um, just being in a learning mode because this is very common where many different white people, they will get all kinds of like pertinent information. This is not just, you know, the peanut M&Ms are about to expire in the vending machine. Like they might get that too, but it'll be like important information. <laughs> We're changing the fees or what are they going to be layoffs? important information they will know you will not that type of a thing you find out like this they, I think he said in January it was the beginning of the like oh yeah nigga, we can do this in January <laughs> dang they couldn't they could have clowned on us right and just waited six months and then came in and berated us all right you coons you've cheated us out of all this money look at you you hadn't even charged people you let all your cousins come in here and put all these printouts and blah, blah, blah. They're like what whoa when dang i didn't check my email okay my fault i'll get it together okay they didn't even do that this could have went on for who knows <laughs> like if she hadn't asked the question like dang y'all when do you do the <laughs> if she hadn't asked like eh and then they love it. They deliberately conceal this information and then they penalize you for not knowing. Act like you are incompetent at your job. You didn't even tell us. You didn't give us a chance. You didn't even give us a chance.
to competently go out and execute, charge people. Oh, we got a new fee and all. You didn't even give us a. Don't tell the niggers. Very common, man. Be in a learning mode in the workplace. That's why I said even try to find employees that have worked there. One, two, year white dog. See, they got the white dog. See, they. But try to find an employee or two where they have been employed there. One, two, forget one, two, ten, fifteen, nineteen. They've been there a long time. They've seen lots of things. Talk to them. Find out. Try to get as much, you know, details as that. We're not trying to hang out and talk about, you know, what you think, you know, the Gators are going to do. You know, you see the Jacksonville Jaguar. And the, eh. Things that are happening in the workplace and not gossip, like not, you know, somebody's fingernails or, you know, things that are important to know. New positions. Is the company going to be sold? Am I getting fired? Are we changing the copier fee? Anything pertinent to your job. That's what you want to know. Don't come wasting time talking to me about goofiness. Like important things that help me better do my job and or be more informed about the place and people that I'm going to be hanging out in and with for whatever, 40 hours a week, 35 hours a week, 50 hours a week, whatever it is. Gus, can I add something? Yes, sir. And, and, and speaking on the, the black female victim, this this morning, Friday morning, this morning, they in our in our monthly meeting, they announced she was here for nineteen years. Okay, and everybody clapped and applauded. But this was just the other day, where uh, the white woman that they elevated up. Barely been there seven or eight years. Uh, she was, she called, like you said, and uh, penalized the black female about charging, but, you know, giving away the printouts for free. And she was like, you know, I didn't know. The white woman never came back with no documentation. Both her and the other white woman disappeared. Well, when I say disappear, they went to the back and they were in uh, the office talking with one of those admin white people. So they never came back with no clarification. Like, when did this start happening? She just said January. So this it was it was very tacky and uh, and and racist. So she's been supporting this younger white woman and to add again the sheriff's office reported this white woman to the chief deputy some years ago and she even told me this and i know i wrote this down that she was so rude um that she was almost about to get fired one time and i i shared just one last thing i want to say it was a it was a uh a black person that came in, a black female, and this same white woman years ago, I was sitting next to her, and she was helping this black person, and she got up and left the room, and the black person says, oh, oh I, I, I don't think I like her. <laughs> so she already gotten the, the racism from her. That was just a, a cut.
customer that said that in front of me when she got up and walked away. So that's some, just a little bit of history on this white one. Wow. Mm, mm, mm. That's she's a taxpayer like you pay her salary like that's that's disgraceful. You come to the court. That's the same thing. Uh, Chloe Clay, the black attorney. And in Oregon, she has the lawsuit where she said they were so rude and nasty to her at the courthouse. They didn't even recognize that she's an attorney. Uh, that's the same thing. Like I'm going to the courthouse for justice at minimum, like a little bit of courtesy. And you're treated in that manner by the staff. It's so nasty. It was, oh, gosh, I don't think I like her. Like, same thing. Why are you being rude and nasty? Like, for what? I'm just trying to get my, you know, documents in order. Why are you got a finger at the panic button already? Like, for what? Come on, man. Come on, man. The, uh, I can't say that enough. I know some people, they really struggled with that. When Mr. Fuller, when he said, whether you're working or no, to never expect to be treated in a courteous manner in the system of white supremacy, to just always be prepared for that. That is very hard, especially for young people to hear. Like, you should expect to be mistreated. Yeah. It is kind of a surprise to go and Hi, ma'am. How can I help you? Thanks so much for coming to North Florida Courthouse. What do you need today? Oh, okay. Get that for you immediately. Glad to be of service. That, like, what? You don't want to shank me? You don't have a finger on the panic button already? Deputies with their batons ready to club me over the head? I'm talking about staff. Dang. That's amazing. I can't believe it. system of white supremacy racism but I mean that's disgraceful to just come and sit for someone for that brief amount of time and, and I don't think I like her man and I'm just trying to get my pay and dang that's a horrible position I mean dang if I'm here to get my passport photo like hmm I might not have other options like I don't like you I, I'm going to get my passport photo elsewhere you might not have an option here to get these documents. I got to get these archive deeds. Might not have option. Man. System of white supremacy racism. Uh, much obliged for sharing. Uh, and see there, the penalty. I Because I've seen that before where they deliberately, they deliberately set you up for failure where they don't give us proper training they deliberately withhold the information at minimum they could have brought the okie doke here's the document you couldn't you should have read it in January and then oh man maybe she would have got us we would have felt bad like dang lazy knickers we didn't even check our email dang or it could be she didn't come back with the email because there was no email come back with some piece of paper with a date and time on it for January and you go look Let's see. Did they send us an email for January? Nope. Hmm. Hmm. Might be some more unjust networking, which happens all the time. That's how you get all this unjust hiring of white people who are not qualified. 
and all the rest of it that we've heard. But I mean, dang. And again, that's the sort of thing, again, like, why would this be something? If it's going to be a fee change, tell everybody you can make more money and all the rest of it. Why would this be something? Ah, now don't tell the niggers. Keep them in the dark. (laughs) Why would that be? I know that can't be the type of thing where we're going to deliberately keep them ignorant and then we can come around and do that penalty up you haven't been charging people up gotta write you up on that one no promotion for you no way Willie mm-hmm maybe that wasn't the plan but that you did say somebody got penalized for this I've seen this before sad pattern racist pattern then get an attitude when you at least you're consistent get an attitude why are you getting an attitude we're supposed to be on the same team not my copiers not my money dang save the trees much obliged for folks uh, tuning in hopefully worthy of your Friday evening we'll be here uh, tomorrow 8pm Eastern 5pm Pacific uh, if you have tips suggestions I'm gonna look because I think we have talked about this but uh, supervising a white woman specifically anything that you think would be helpful uh, to minimize difficulty in that arrangement let us know email until justice at gmail.com we'll see if we can revisit for next Friday sobriety would be best under conditions of white supremacy I would not participate in any sort of uh, workplace drinking events or whatever else. They had all their talk about dry January and dry other months and such. Uh, I'm dry all the time. Creator, we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people, victims of white supremacy. We ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times in all places each and every time we are in contact with another black person it has been time replace white supremacy with justice immediately man they had Beyonce in town in Seattle last night I am so thankful I did not have to go anywhere near downtown it was such an event so many people you could feel the concentration of people from miles away like I I knew there was no way I was going any further south than the University District which is quite a bit from downtown and even from the U district you could feel oh the people leaving the concert and oh it was amazing they had so many businesses talking about the impact this will be great and revive downtown Seattle and get us coming back on the road recovery from the Rona and all the rest of it praise Beyonce amazing thank God I didn't have to go downtown uh, context of white supremacy signing out Thanks all for tuning in. Nigga, you so brainwashed. I'm a victim, brother. You're a victim. Ah,
I'm a victim of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed my conditioning. Mm-hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. <laughs> it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.